There we go. Hey. I can hear you. Hang on a minute. Turn on camera. That's the button I need to do. Cool. There it is. Right, What's I'm going to turn some volume up so I can hear you better. Yeah. But how's that sounding? Uh, Audio is great, dude. Cool. I'm going to take one earphone out because it sounds weird. <laughs> Does it? I'm using these things. They're right. Shooting ear pro, but they've got Bluetooth. Oh, yeah. So like it's, it's an active ear protection thing, but it works cool. like a Bluetooth headset. So I thought I'd give it a test. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, the audio sounds good. Sweet. Hell yeah. That's good to yeah, hear. Yeah, that's the big uh, thing with the audio. It's uh, most of the time, it's uh, as long as somebody has some kind of headset on, you know, where the sound yeah. is not doing like speakerphone or something. Then uh, usually works pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, normally I'd be using like, this goofy thing and this big chungus mic. But <laughs> <laughs> is that what you uh, use on your podcast? Yeah, that's what I use. I was gonna play around today with a, a lav mic. Yeah. I, uh, you know, just there. I've got about a ten foot cable on it, the longest oh, lav yeah. mic in history. No shit. Uh, but then I remember this was, when I plugged this I say I plugged this in it's Bluetooth and when I connected this it was like it automatically changed the voice input as well oh nice. so I figured I'd just just roll with that and see how it goes right yeah, yeah. that's always nice when uh, it's a quick and easy like user friendly or whatever uh, setup yeah plug right. and play. pressing the volume button on the side if there's any annoying beats it, coming through. No, there's no noise coming through. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I've just worked out the volume on the actual thing itself was turned down to like minimum. Oh, okay. So I turned okay. it up on the system. Now okay, I'm being deafened, which is great. Because I, I always check my, uh, my settings uh, through the Discord call itself to make sure the uh, volume is, is all, you know, most of the way up or whatever so that you guys hear me. Yeah, no, I can hear you fine now. It's just my headphone was all the way down, sensible, you know. Yeah, I was. Uh, I did that the other day. I was. Um, I was talking with somebody, and I was like, "Damn, I can barely hear them." And I'm sitting here. I have a little this this headset. It's uh, you know, plug in whatever, what? and it's got the little thing there. Button. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, a volume dial on it, so I can turn my PC volume up and down on it while I'm talking with somebody. Uh, so if I can't hear him too well or whatever, but, um, so it, it works out good. Yeah. I had an issue with, with that recently editing. Well, I said recently a little while ago, editing a YouTube video. I had my volume. Normally I have my volume on my headphones about middle. Yeah. Which is probably about average for if someone's listening to it on speakers. And I edited, I had, I had the volume on full, <laughs> full whack in both ears. And I didn't realize. So I was like, this video is so loud. I was dropping the levels in the video. Obviously, every time I listened to it and watched it through, I watched it through on those headphones at them settings, uploaded it to YouTube, then everybody's like, do you watch video so quiet? You're like whispering the whole thing. <laughs> you know? You live and learn. Uh, that's funny. When, uh, that's, yeah, it's funny you say that because I just remembered when we first started a YouTube channel, uh, when I would go back through and edit, I wouldn't wear headphones you know, while I'm editing them. I would just use my PC speakers. So, uh, 
and it was, you know, we were in different environments. We're inside and then we, you know, some videos were outside yeah. reviewing a gun or shooting and stuff. So, uh, our, the volume was all over the place. And I realized it was because, um, I didn't have my PC, uh, volume, my speaker volume set consistently every time I would edit because I might be, you know, if I was gaming or if I was doing something else, I might yeah. turn it up and, or turn it down. So I was adjusting the volumes based, you know, in the video based on what I was hearing. But, uh, I was like, oh shit, I gotta make sure every time I edit my PC speakers are, uh, a consistent, you know, whatever set on 20 every time I'm doing it. So at yeah, least definitely. I can level the sounds. Oh yeah. When I watch some of our first videos, man, I'm like, uh, <laughs> they're so, uh, you know, I was trying all kind of different shit, you know, just editing and stuff, but it's fun. Yeah, man. I love uh, going back to years and years ago, me and uh, a group that I roll with started a channel, separate channel from my channel. And we were doing this project called Will It Launch, which is you get a 40 mil, like a, a 203 put a shell in there with no BBs and then we just find whatever you can stick down the tube and then draw names out of a hat and whoever's drawn out of the hat stands at the other end and then we pop one off for them and do it. the videos were loads of fun but it's just like standing we film them all on phones and it's it, the audio sounds terrible and there's just in a bedroom with a lot of crap just everywhere it's not anything like amazing Fun to watch, but every time I look back, I'm like, shit, the, the uh, production quality on that's not not great, right. is it? Yeah. I know. I, the uh, One of the guys I was talking with uh, a few days ago, or no, uh, actually the one that just came out, the podcast came out yesterday, um, PSDC, uh, Dan, he was saying, like, I put all this time into all these videos, you know, editing and like the right, you know, setup know and all this going. shit. And then, you know, they'll get whatever kind of views. And then the one I did, I, I was just, he said I was tired. I just didn't care. I just wanted to hurry up and do this video. He did a review on a helmet uh, for Airsoft, whatever, like in his bedroom, shitty quality. And <laughs> he said that, that, that got the most views on his channel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Probably going to mess up my earphones in it. We'll take that off. <laughs> oh, it looks good, though. Yeah, I, well, yeah I've man. had people on here that wear their whole gear set, uh, face mask and everything on the video. Yeah, I could throw, throw a plate carrier on and a matching <laughs> helmet. There you go. Right. Just under here. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, like, I can I can totally relate to what you were just saying then. I've spent, there's been videos where I'm doing a review. And, like, professionally, I'm a photographer. Oh, okay. Have a, I have, well, I'm in between studios right now. My lease went on my previous studio and I've moved into a new building and it's basically just an empty shell at the minute. So all my stuff's mm. just kind of piled in the middle. Yeah. So it's not really usable just now. But in the past where I've done a review and I've set the gun up and I'm shooting the B-roll stuff or I do the actual piece to camera and I'm come to edit it and I'm like, it's just not quite there. It's not where I want to be. And then I go back and reshoot it and go back and reshoot this. So I spent like a week just trying to get the actual raw content for it. Yeah. Edit it, which is another whole day, just cutting stuff together, moving it around. Right. Checking it's fine, all that stuff. Upload it. Maybe it doesn't hit. It's, it's got hardly any views. And then there's a video of one of my teammates who's 
led on my bed, and we, we handcuffed him to his legs like that, and his arms <laughs> like that. Oh, shit. And it went viral, and I had handcuffs and the tags, I guess, and it must be an interesting search term. So, yeah, lots of people viewed that. 30-second video that yeah. filmed on a phone in, like, 2007. Ridiculous. <laughs> but it's, it's all, I guess, uh, I can't remember who was saying it a while back, but it's about the story or the content, mm-hmm. not right. necessarily the quality. Yep. But I've got this, like, full CD about trying to make it as best quality as I can, which comes right. from working as a commercial photographer, because if I just throw something together and give it to a client, they'll never hire me again. But, yeah. you know, my phone is going mentally. My um, my wife's <laughs> taking the kids to a park, to a playground, okay. and uh, I'm just getting picture message after picture message. I'm going to put it on the mouse, Matt. So <laughs> yeah, I had uh, – there's been a couple times I always put my phone on uh, silent because uh, I, I used to put it on vibrate when I would get on the podcast. And then um, if I get messages, whatever, you know, it's sitting here like yeah. – and I keep looking at it because I see it going off. And um and then when I go back yeah, and I go to post these, I'm like, oh shit, you can actually hear it buzzing, uh, in my video, you know. So I was like, well, I'll just turn on silent and turn the screen up, you know, face down and whatever. So I don't yeah, see it's it. going mad. She must be. They must be having a. She's sending me Snapchats, so I'm assuming oh, nice. she's done a long couple of videos and just sent them. Yeah. And they're coming through as like individual ten second clips, so it's just. Oh, vibrate, 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 vibrate. <laughs> but yeah, we, I used to have a similar thing when we'd record down at my old studio. Is it was a shop front building okay. on a main road. So it, when we'd go down there to shoot airsoft content and record the podcast, you'd have boy racers just driving their like shitty courses up and down the street with massive like baked beans, tin exhausts on there. Yeah. So and you could feel the shop front windows like rumbling. So if you listen oh, to some like our our earlier podcasts, you can hear this just like <laughs> all the time. It drove me mad. Police sirens right outside because it's that studio was right in the centre of town, which was great for people. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a social studio. The idea was it was a commercial studio, but yeah, ideal for people seeing the place. But right. Not ideal if you need to record any audio whatsoever, uh, which we did on occasion, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. The, the audio thing is, uh, is one of the, I think that's been my biggest challenge on these podcasts is, uh, because the, um, when someone has like earbuds or headsets or whatever that have the noise cancellation thing, I'm like, I, I don't know if you can turn that off, like, I'm not sure because, uh, if there's any kind of background noise or if somebody, you know, like we're talking and they laugh and then right after they, you know, like a loud noise or something, then they, uh, go into talking again. I don't hear the first half of their sentence because the thing is, you know, had cut out. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of like, um, comms when you're playing airsoft, no matter how many times I tell the rest of my guys, if you're going to use your radio, hit that button, wait a second, then transmit. Right. Because otherwise, I don't hear what the fuck you're saying because it's just that first second, they always miss it. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. Dude, I've just looked at my phone now and I'll see if I can show you this without any... I have all these bloody... Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. 
Yeah, my yeah. wife. So it's it's morning time. You're in the UK. I'm in uh, South Carolina in in America, and uh, which is East Coast. Um, it is uh, it's nine fifteen here. It's probably what two fifteen there in the afternoon. Yeah, I do two fifteen. Yeah, and uh, so your wife's take you know taking the kids to the park. My wife is going going to get um, here in a little bit. Going to get our grandchild. She's uh, our granddaughter's four. So uh, how much is uh, how much is my oldest? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they're a ha- they're a handful, man. Definitely, it's good fun. Oh, right, yeah. Most of the time, <laughs> do it right. Yeah, dude. I I don't. I, I try not to talk too much about the kids, like on podcasts and that. Cause my wife absolutely militantly hates airsoft. So any association oh, with shit. the kids, like, oh yeah, dude, it's a nightmare. But <laughs> yeah. Um, this morning we were supposed to do like 12 jobs I needed to do before we could get to this. Yeah. And my youngest was just going ape shit, and he, he's two and he was having a shocker this morning. Wouldn't eat breakfast, wouldn't get dressed. And yeah. so all of this morning, like none of what we needed to do. Well, we did one thing, which was <laughs> go into town, some shops, grab some stuff and come back. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it was a, a nightmare. But w- one funny thing out of it, was we got into town. We checked in before. Uh, Going to go into a uh, baby's, well, not baby's, toddler's doing a crap talk here. So uh, <laughs> we got to town, and I got him out of his car seat, and I'm like, dude, have you shit yourself? Because <laughs> uh, we just checked in two minutes ago before I got in the car, and he had, so I just pulled everything out the boot of the car, the trunk for uh, Americans, yeah. threw him in there, and just did this ad hoc sort of baby change session in the, <laughs> in a car park, <laughs> it's ridiculous, but you got to do what you got to do when you got kids, aren't you? And, uh, hey, man, that is, uh, yeah, yeah, when you were talking about, like, you had all these things planned and then, nope, that's, you know, nope, not at all. it is so <laughs> classic, man. You know, my wife and I have five kids and we had them in seven years. So they're all, you know, they were all little together. And, yeah. and, uh, so we definitely know the struggle when it comes to that. Like you, you have this plan in your head. I think that's probably the hardest thing to get used to when you have your first is, you're used to being on your own schedule. Like you have this plan in your head. Yeah, I'm going to do this, this, especially on the weekends. If you're off work, you go, uh, okay, we're going to go do this. Yeah. That baby or that toddler, especially toddlers, man, bro, yeah. good luck with trying to force them to do a bunch of shit because it is <laughs> not a chance. Is that, <laughs> Oh, it, you know, you got to find that balance for sure. But it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, they're starting to come into their own, like, they got their little attitude at two years old and they're going, you know, yep. I don't want this. You know, why are you trying to force me to sit down and eat right now? You know, and they just throw shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, oh, yeah. I miss being able to like, oh, I've got to go to the shop. Cool. Right, let's just jump in the car and go. Right. Uh, it's five minutes away. Cool. You're in the car in 30 seconds. You're at the shop in five minutes. You get out. You get your crap. You get back in. You're back home in half an hour. Yeah. With kids, it's like that half an hour is just chasing them around, getting shoes on, getting them in the car, <laughs> catching the other one who's run back in the house. You're like, yeah. Dude, seriously. Yes. That is so <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, man. Well, the one I, the podcast I did last night, the, uh, the guy I was talking to, he's, um, the, his daughter just turned two and he was trying to have her, you know, lay down. Cause it was like uh, nine o'clock at night. And, um, for both of us, well, she wasn't having it. So he kept looking back like this 
And I said, man, these are recorded. If you need to go take care of something, go ahead. I, I can cut it out or whatever. He's like, yeah, my daughter just keeps calling, you know, for me. So, so he actually went and got her and just had her sit on his lap while we finished, you know, talking. Yeah. So it worked out fine, but I don't, I don't mind. I'm pretty flexible with these. These aren't, uh, yeah. the production quality on these are shit, bro. Like, I don't, I don't try to fix yeah. it. I don't. <laughs> but like the difference between like your podcast and my podcast is you've got like maybe what, 120 something episodes or something now. Yeah. But you're just doing it. You're just getting somebody on, recording it, and getting it up there. Yeah. Well, like me, I'm like, I can't do it. I've got to, <laughs> I've got to get into every tiny little bit of the. Of this, some of our podcasts that were recorded, we call them on the road episodes. Oh, okay. Where we go to a game, and then the team sits. I've got, I've got a bunch of audio stuff like we use. Zoom, it's a H. Oh yeah, H1. I have the same exact one. Yeah, I have the same. Yeah, one. I've got a, I've got a H one, a H six, and I just bought this guy recently, an F one. Oh nice. So it's like um, I'm not getting out. It's all sealed still, but that is literally just a one person love mic thing that you just oh, put on nice. your belt, and it's a lot more solid than the H the H one. Okay. But yet we use usually in the car we'd use the H one with this adapter so you can put like four what? or five so basically it's 3.5 mm jack. yeah it's just, it's just a jack splitter so you can plug a live mic into each of these uh-huh the downside is you get the same levels on every mic so if somebody's loud and somebody's quiet you can't correct that because there's only one input on the h1 gotcha but yeah so we basically just turn the h1 on plug that in whoever's in the car gets a live mic and we just record the whole thing on the way home. So those episodes are generally the most fun and some of the best content. So we've just finished a game and you're doing like an after action report, like, dude, yes. do you remember when that guy came around that corner and you were like right in his face? And I'm like, dude, that was great. The only downside that I hate about those and I try not to record them because of this is you get the car noise the whole way through it. Right. So people, like I've talked to people and said, oh, we love the on the road episodes. Yeah. And there's been times where I've been in like uh, audition, like Adobe audition, trying to bring that car noise down, but then you, you kind of damage the vocals as well and yep. they degrade slightly and it's it's never exactly how I want it. So I reckon I'm gonna have to get a Tesla or some shit so it's quiet. <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah man. Nah, isn't, I that, that, isn't that funny? It's like the uh the overthinking of, you know, producing stuff when you start editing yeah. your own videos you see all these little things that are kind of like you know okay i want to make it better and uh and now you go from you know getting all this uh audio set up and audio gear to make everything right to uh oh no i just need a tesla because it'll be quiet for <laughs> quiet for the <laughs> it's hilarious man those uh yeah so i saw your on uh i think it's on itunes or apple podcasts or whatever yeah or, it's up there somewhere yeah yeah. And then, uh, but I saw your, uh, your YouTube channel, man. It is, um, you, you've been, you've had some videos for a long time. Like you've been on YouTube for a long time. Really, really cool. Basically day one of YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was talking, I found sidetrack just slightly here, but it's going to come right back to the point. It's going to make yeah. sense. 
found you guys uh, because of Kicking Mustang because he uh, posted, we obviously had him on recently and he yeah. posted about it and I'm like, I'll do another Airsoft podcast. I'll definitely check that out. So I went and just uh, hit the sub button and um, didn't listen to it until I got into work. Into the, uh, so I'm working for another studio at the minute or another company running their studio. So shooting a lot of commercial stuff. So it's just me on my own in the studio, tight deadline. So just hours and hours of podcasts to keep me sane. So I listened to like maybe 10, 12 of your uh, shows over the oh, over the past week or so. Oh, oh and, uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, with, with all the stuff mixed in between, that's all right. It's all good. <laughs> good content in there. Um, but yeah, so Stang put up a, a post today on Instagram talking about a YouTuber called Cafe Racing saying, I don't know if you can, I just realized my chair is the creakiest chair in the world. Uh, it's right. still. I've only so heard it like once. Yeah. Cool. So he, he put this post up about cafe racing, talking about how he was pioneering scope cam content in 2010. And I'm like, Oh dude, I've got to, uh, I've got to talk to him about this. So I sent him a message going, dude, one of my biggest regrets about my YouTube career, quote unquote career, you know, <laughs> so far is back in 2006, 2007, we used to record, content using this thing called an Arcos 504. Basically it was, a, it was about this big, about the size of, about the size of a brick, but mm-hmm. maybe about an inch thick. Yeah. Big, big, really crap quality screen on it. Big chunky buttons, proper early 2000s technology. Yeah. Primarily it's a media center. So you can just watch videos, look at your photos, whatever. Yeah. Before, before phones, you know, right. But, um, well, before smartphones, anyway. Right, exactly. This this device had a an adapter you could plug in, and you could plug this wired camera into it that recorded at four four eighty p. So we used to record airsoft gameplay footage in like two thousand six. Oh shit! And one day we were watching the footage back, and I was saying, "You can't see the shot hitting. We need to work on." Because I used to use a, a Maruzen APS two SV, which is absolute anti i still got it in the loft it's an absolute antique sniper rifle now no shit. i picked picked it up when i was 18 38 now so uh <laughs> so it served me well but yeah so i was complaining because i made a sniper video and everyone was saying it's really cool that you've done a sniper video but we can't see what you're shooting at so and obviously there's a minimum engagement distance as well so it weren't right. like if i'm using an ag and you're pretty close and just nailing somebody in the face neck and chest but so I, I was looking into different ways that I could make basically a scope cam. My original idea was just to gaff tape my DV camera onto the thing, which is obviously what Novrich, Bodjups, the early sort of pioneers of oh, okay. scope cam content did. But I was editing stuff in Windows Movie Maker, and there was no way to put a, a crosshair overlay on it. So obviously right. I wanted the crosshair. So what I did was I got a... Like a, a, a whatever size scope it was, ring that goes around the scope that has a 20 millimeter rail on it. So I put two of them on on the actual scope of the rifle. Puts extra scope rings on that. Put a tiny little scope, like side by side to my scope. So I had a three to nine by forty as my main optic, and there was a four by thirty mounted next to it. It was only about this big, tiny little thing. Yeah. Then using gaffer tape a bog roll tube and this Arcos camera. I like co-witnessed the camera with the optic. 
So the camera was looking down the second scope and it was zeroed to the same as my actual scope. So when you shot, you could see the shots. Oh my God. The, the big downside is it's a wired camera. So I had to find a pouch that fit the Arcos, take that to the stock of my rifle, wrap the wire around in a place where it wouldn't interfere with the bolt cycle. Holy shit. And then it was a really wide lens as well, looking down a scope at 480p. It looked terrible, but you could see the shots. And I recorded one entire game just with that perspective. Yeah. But it, the footage was crap. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't a salvageable project. I don't think we should continue with this. Let's just go with getting a better head camera, which is what I did. I went, bought a newer head camera, which still wasn't great by today's right. standards. But yeah. And one of my biggest regrets is not putting more time and energy into that project. Right. Because that would have been, without a doubt, the first scope cam footage on YouTube. Right. And that could have been a way that my channel exploded. Uh-huh. Back then. Yeah, you know, no you, shit. You right? that, is, uh, <laughs> that is uh, crazy how you figured all this out to put all this contraption on your uh, on your setup to uh, to try to get those you know zoomed in shots to see the BB. Um, yeah, especially with the technology, the, the resolution was shit. Oh, you know, yeah. back then, it was horrendous. But not too long ago, I was looking through. I shot. I used to shoot some stuff for a bar that I ran. Uh, well, before I ran it, I just used to do the photography for them. And they wanted a bunch of their old images to uh, use because they've new, moved to a new place and they wanted some. Pardon me, burping. So all all that stuff was backed up onto DVDs. Yeah. So I've got stacks and stacks and stacks of DVDs from 2002 to like 2006. Oh shit. Of photography, video, and stuff. And I was going yeah. through it, and I found in a folder a video called Arcos, and I'm like, oh my god, Arcos footage. Opened it up, and it was the original test footage of the scope. So it's before I used the bog roll tube, the toilet roll tube was basically because it was gaff taped on cable tied onto the rifle and all sorts of mm -hmm. weird shit next to the thing. <laughs> and it was looking at the scope. So you could see actually the other scope and everything around it. A lot of light was coming in and it was really distracting. So the toilet roll tube went around the lens of the scope and onto the camera. So it was basically just looking down the scope and nothing else was coming in. But it was even prior to that, and it's just looking out of my window, just at cars and things. And oh my yeah. god, do you have that it, on your uh, on your it's, YouTube it's channel? Not, it's not on YouTube. It's, it's on a DVD in the loft somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> but, cool. Uh, you still have it though. Yeah. I, again, being a photographer, I've been a professional photographer since like two thousand nine. Yeah. And I am super anal about archiving and backing up everything. I've got that's smart all of the gameplay content that I recorded since 2006 on hard drives. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So, so I talked to a lot of YouTubers and they basically dump the footage on the computer, edit it, and then throw away what they don't need and just keep the edits oh, and not the raw okay. content. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, dude, what if you wanted to make a re-edit of that in right. like five years when there's a new trend yeah. or something? You've got to go back to that footage. Or what if you just, like I'm, at the minute, looking at my old content, thinking that was edited really badly. No wonder it's only got 300 views. It's such a badly edited video. If I 
look at how I've learned to edit now and readdress that content, I can just pull all the raw files, throw it into Premiere, yep. and cut together something better. But if I didn't have that raw footage, yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? I uh, I save everything. I have everything yeah. since we started. Uh, I have on so I had I have an eight terabyte external hard drive, and then uh, that I got when we started. Down a minute. Uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Taxi, carry on. Oh um, well, then uh, when this so I only have two terabytes left uh, on my hard right. drive. So when this started happening, actually I got down to like one terabyte left uh, last year, and um, so I started uploading all of the raw footage stuff to uh, to uh, Google Drive, and I paid for extra space uh, on Google Drive because I wanted to keep all the raw raw footage. Yeah. Uh, now the edited videos that that actually get uploaded to YouTube, um, I actually still save those too. Because I'm like, yeah, definitely. If something happens to the YouTube channel, if they decide to just, you know, cut it but off, like or if, whatever. Um, is that really crazy hack that's going on at the minute with the YouTube channels? Like, I don't know if you follow Corridor Digital, huh. the big, they're, they're like movie production sort of thing. They make short films. Oh, okay. Their their main channel, which has got millions and millions of subs, got hacked recently. They made a little um video all about how it got hacked and how they yeah. recovered it. But basically what, what's the name of it? Corridor Digital. Corridor Digital. Okay. Yeah dude. Yeah, yeah. They're absolutely amazing. They've done a lot of airsoft content in the past as well. Um, oh shit, okay. Over on the other I think they put that over on the Node channel. But anyway, if you jump on the Corridor channel you'll see all the past content. But basically somebody broke into the channel through an email that they got access to that had admin rights to the channel. Uh and then privated all the videos and then oh, put a live stream up. And there was just this guy live streaming on the channel about buying and selling stocks and crypto and shit like that. Oh my God. And yeah, it's, I don't know what the, it, apparently the guy who was in the video wasn't responsible for the hack. So I don't know what they were getting from it. Maybe the guy in the video was paying them to put that content out to some big audience and by ripping. Yeah. yeah but Holy yeah. So shit. There was a moment where they were like, they've done thousands of videos, and what if all that content is just gone? Yeah. But they've talked in the past about their crazy archiving and backup and stuff. Okay. And obviously, they'll upload it again, but it's just a massive pain in the ass, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what I started doing too was, uh, you know, as far as the YouTube videos, I would go in uh, religiously, like once a month or whatever, and I wanted to save those videos, but my original that I upload to YouTube is, uh, yeah. you know, the file size is way bigger than if I go in, you know, once it's uploaded and posted on YouTube, yeah, it, yeah. I can so download it. Yeah. Dude, their compression thing, whatever it is, however it's set up is fucking awesome because it doesn't I mean, it, look it like nowadays. it degrades the video. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, when I watch it on my screen, of course I don't watch it on TV, you know, a giant TV or nothing, but, yeah. uh, and most people watch these on our phone, but, uh, so the screen's a lot smaller, but I, I don't really notice too much of a difference. So I'm like, I'll just download these and save them that way because it's like half the space. Yeah, it is. That's so what you I got. Mean, so you got ammo cans, you got. Yeah, this, hard is, drives. This, is, um, this is where I store my hard drives next to my computer. So we've got like one, two, three, four. I think these are all two terabyte drives here. Oh my four God. There. Yeah. And then this, this ammo can is the, the important ones because it's kind of. 
I've got just a drive that came out my other PC. I've got a dock on the desk where I've got three or four of these, so you can just yeah. throw into that dock. And then we've got like raw gameplay, 2006 onwards, and some uncut stuff from 2016. There's one, two, three, four, six hard drives in there, all between two to four terabyte, and then this <laughs> four four terabyte as well. Oh my Rich. god. A lot of that is um, photography based as well. So there's stuff that I've shot for clients and that in there. And okay. Yeah. So that's Dude, just, that's wild. Yeah, it's accumulated, so doesn't it? It really is. Um, I've been thinking. Actually, just recently, I was thinking. Okay, well, what if maybe I need to get uh, store these on hard disk? You know, like hard copies um, where the stuff I'm uploading to. Because right now. I mean, yes, it's on my external hard drive, but uh, what if that breaks, you know, because I mean, yeah. shit wears out, whatever, it's just, it doesn't take much, you know, once they get older, zap that thing and, you know, when it's plugged in all the time, uh, and then I'm like, well, what if uh, the, you know, YouTube channel gets either hacked or something happens, all those videos are gone, and then I'm like, well, what if my Google Drive, and then I have, uh, through Microsoft, I have the OneDrive that I have, yeah. you know, two or three terabytes on there. I upload shit. I'm like copying everywhere. Uh, so <laughs> I was getting a little crazy with it. If, you know, for a while I was like, okay, I got to put all these. And then I have little thumb drives. I'm like, maybe I'll just, cause I didn't want to spend another, you know, a couple hundred bucks on, on another external hard drive to, yeah, uh, so to save everything. Drives are not great, aren't they? Like, yeah, they're great. You get like 16 gigabyte pen drives or whatever. Well, even bigger than that. I can't even miles bigger than that. Oh, I know. And, uh, That's crazy. Just you can just back up an entire day's gameplay stuff onto a pen drive, and it's it's just tiny. It's out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I, I remember I was talking about this not too long ago when I first started in the industry. Pen drives were like two hundred and fifty-six megabytes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you paying twenty quid for that? And now you can go on Amazon like eight quid. You've got a thirty-two gig pen drive. It's crazy, dude. It's hey, do you do you remember the uh, so I, when I got in the military? This is back. I got out in '93, and then uh, I started PC gaming in '95. Okay, so this is like the original Counter Strike, the original Unreal Tournament, the original Quake, shit like that. And uh, so me and my buddies would uh, build our own computers. So yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of you know there wasn't places that that built gaming computers in 95, you know, like you had to kind of piece together, uh, you know, the, like the way it is now you can have access to a, you know, a really badass computer or you can have one special built. But, uh, anyway, we, I remember when, uh, storage has always been the issue, you know, space. So it was, uh, we were so excited when this new technology came out called a zip drive, a zip oh, drive. Dude, was, do you remember that? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, a hundred megabytes. Yeah, a hundred megabytes, and we were fucking, we were ecstatic, bro. We were like flipping out, like, "Whoa, we all got to get this thing!" And it, you had to get the external hard drive or the external drive for yeah, it to drive plug for in, it and, yeah, and plug that. You know, it looked like a, a thicker, uh, yeah, like a thicker floppy, floppy disk, isn't it? yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it was we were like, "Man, this is the shit, bro!" A hundred megabytes, the future man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh remember, my god. I never bought into that at 93, 94, whatever. I was like 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, um, 
Yeah, I do. I do remember that. So um, back, back sidetracking again. You said Unreal Tournament. I recently reinstalled Unreal Tournament, the OG Game of the Year edition version. Oh shit! Just so I, just so I could play a mod that I used to play in like two thousand two. Okay. Called Infiltration. Inf two eight nine. Infiltration is the first. It's like the original aim down your sights tactical shooter. Oh. And it is so bad, like by today's standards. The graphics right. are absolutely horrendous. It's so clunky. If one of your, one of the uh, bots is in a doorway and you're trying to get through it, it's just like. <laughs> and you can't get through it because there's weapon oh, collision and it's supposed to be realistic so you can't turn if you're in a corridor unless you like put your weapon down oh my turn. god it's also, they, they really would like hit the ball out of the park with it back then yeah and I'm like this game I remember it being so much fun and I was really hesitant to kind of reinstall it in case it was just shit right but I've reinstalled it and I've played it so much over the past like maybe two months it's it's an easy one because it runs on really, it's designed to run on like a 2002 hardware, isn't it? So 20 years later with a RTX 3070 or whatever it is in this. Dude, as soon as you click the button, you don't even have to click the, the icon. It's ready to go. You're like, oh, cool, I'm in the game already. It's like, an, it's like a old school Nintendo just putting that cartridge in and pressing power and you're in the game. Amazing, but it's so exactly. Much fun. Because, like, obviously having two kids and working, I don't have a lot of time to game anymore. I used to spend mm-hmm. hours and hours and weeks with a few of the guys who I play airsoft with playing DayZ, like, yeah. proper hardcore into it. Yep. And we'd get back from work, we'd get some food, we'd get on DayZ, and then before you know it, it's four o'clock in the morning, you're like, fuck, dude. <laughs> obviously I can't do that anymore, so I needed someone just to, you know, like, scratch that itch, I guess. So infiltration yeah. has been a really good sort of just super casual, super laid back thing. And because it's so old as well, there's thousands and thousands of maps that people have built. Oh shit. So I'm just going on the old things and just downloading random unreal tournament maps. Cause they all work with infiltration. Cause it's a mod from that. Oh, Absolutely. Cool. Loads of fun. And uh, one that I'm going to reinstall next is the OG ghost recon. Oh yeah. But with the heroes unleashed mod. Oh, I haven't tried that. It doesn't doesn't update anything graphically, but it adds about 6,000 weapon loadout. Like, you know, on Ghost Recon, you couldn't really, like, change much about your loadout. You had, like, M16A2 and a Beretta. You hand grenades. That was a loadout. You click one along, it's an OICW and a Beretta. You're like, cool. One along, M24, Beretta. Right, cool. It's not that diverse. But with this, you're, like, clicking through, like, Mark 12. Like, oh, the other. Well, Mark 12, Mod 0. I love them. And oh, then, dude, uh, that looks awesome. Yeah, dude. That thing. paint on that looks awesome. Oh, yeah, awesome. My, uh, my giraffe paint. <laughs> did you paint that? Yeah, I did. What? Um, just sidetracking here from Ghost Recon a little bit. Yeah, this dude, year, that looks fucking awesome. So this, this year is my Mark 12 Mod Zero project. That still needs quite a bit of work. There's no inner barrel in it currently. Yeah. This started off as the first ICS rifle that I bought. It was a 2006 anniversary edition M4 Para. Uh, one of, I think they had 500 worldwide, and this was number 20. Holy shit. So I bought that in 2007 and ran it up until 2016. I basically stuck inside. 
the only thing I changed was, well, midway through it was the tappet plate. Mm. I don't know if you know about ICS guns, the, they've got a split gearbox, so you can just split push the back TMH pin out and then yeah. folds off and you can set the upper gearbox out. Right. Somebody, somebody asked me about it because they were interested in like the split gearbox. So I just popped it open without resetting the gears. Because mm. on the older ones like this, if you hit the forward assist, it actually resets the gears to the standard oh. default position. Okay. So there's no tension on that spring. Right. So I didn't do that. So there's still tension on the spring and the gears were set. So like the little pickup oh. nub for the tappet plate was yep. straight where the tappet plate was. Uh-huh. Slammed it back closed and just snapped the tappet plate off. Oh, so shit. learn by doing, I guess. Yep. I've never done it since. Uh, so yeah, it, it was stock for many, many years. Just ran really well. It was sounding a little bit haggard towards the end of its end of its life. And then I bought, well, I built this guy after that to replace it, which is another ICS okay. sort of platform. But I always wanted a Mark 12. A friend of mine had a Mark 12 and absolutely loved it. And I just love the aesthetic, just this handguard. So nice. Yeah, it's. But, I yeah. like the design on it. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I, I bought the D Boys Mark 12 kit from Amazon. It took like six years to arrive. Came from <laughs> somewhere janky. And then, yeah, just built this. It's still a work in progress, like I said. But. Yeah. Yeah, the paint job started off just. Originally, the. The old when it was the M4, it had OD green, butt stock pistol grip, and then the handguard was OD green. Then I painted it as a tan splinter pattern sort of thing for a yeah. while. But then when I was building this, I repainted the whole thing. Um, originally just tan. No, started off. How did I do it? Yes, flat grey for the primer to get rid, so yeah. you couldn't see any of the other paint through it. Then I got the blingiest gold you can get <laughs> painted the entire thing gold oh shit. and then then i got halfords halfords is a a car shop here in the uk okay they sell all sorts of paint they sell camouflage spray paints nice so it's like a krylon sort of copy right so bought some flat dark earth or as close to flat dark earth as i've got and sprayed that lightly over the gold so you can if you like it's not really going to come through on the camera, but you can still kind of see that burnt bronze gold color through the uh, through the tan. Because there's like um, I haven't got anything with it on here. You know that aesthetic that like the the HK416 has that gold looking handguard. Okay. I was kind of going for that look, and then basically just covered it in cut up bits of masking tape, and just spread brown over the whole thing, which is the yeah. sort of zebra. Because I saw a guy with like an M110 or something like that, like a, maybe it may have even been a Mark 12 Mod 1, uh, but hit proper giraffe print all over it. And I'm like, that's oh, really cool. I got to do yeah. that. And then to break it up even more, I just did the standard where you just get a bit of uh, like wash bag, rip yep. it open, put it on, and then just spray some more brown and OD green. Okay. And yeah. Uh, obviously, it's desert colors and we don't have any desert over here so it's not <laughs> going to be the best but stands out a little bit <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> i'll put that back down there now. yeah it's cool though i was going to ask if you uh if you use tape on it you know to to yeah. create some of those lines yeah it looks good 
the, yeah, uh, the the most in depth uh, paint job I did as far as like camouflage stuff was uh, this sniper rifle we were doing for a uh, giveaway for, and uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was a something we got out of a mystery box. You know, it was a it was like a halfway decent one, but um, the uh, we were standing out in the back. We we just got done reviewing it. And I, we were talking about the giveaway thing, and then we were talking about painting it. And uh, I had just had uh, some new, um, I had grass seed, you know, that I put down. So I had straw and hay. Yeah. So we're standing out there and I went into the shed, uh, me and my sons and uh, their friend was um, who got them into airsoft. So uh, I was like, I'll paint it right now. And they're like, what's what? I'm like, here. So I picked up a handful of straw and I got the two different colors and I just started going like this and it turned out pretty good looking, yeah, I was, but I didn't care. I just, I, I would take the straw and like drop it on there and however it laid, that's what I went. And of course, you know, the, the spray would just blow the straw off sometimes. So it ended yeah, up yeah. really random, uh, kind of shit, but it, you know, people liked it. I was like, I am not a, a good painter, bro. <laughs> that's been the most in-depth paint job that I did. I was using Nuprol paint. Nuprol's a pretty big brand over here, I guess. Okay. And they do all sorts of stuff, like iPro, BBs, gums. They also do ultra-flat spray paint in, like, tan, brown, oddy green, black. So I bought maybe 20 cans of that and rattle can spray painted my car. Oh, shit. So Yeah, dude. So it's that colour. So like flat tan. Yeah. Uh, just just like um, when the coup happened and lockdown was going on, like I need a project. Yeah. So I bottle it, masked off all the glass and the lights and everything, uh, sanded it all down, and then just spent a few days just out there just spray painting it. Oh, my God. That's yeah. wild. So it's, uh, Is that not good? Uh, yeah, dude, it's pretty good. Um, I've had to redo it again since because it's obviously like, like two, two and a bit years now since like that OG lockdown. But uh, yeah, yeah, the the bu- the plastic, the bumpers, and that they didn't take quite as well to it, and it's kind of flaked off in places yeah. and really faded. But on the actual metal parts, worked really well. Oh shit! Now, but, did you put a like clear coat or some kind of spray? No, I did. Just left it as it is because I wanted to test the paint as well because they oh, said it's okay. really chip resistant, really. This stuff I've got on here, I'm just twatting my rifle, is the stuff from Halfords from that quiet place. And it's oh. this has got a clear coat on it, but it still chips. So uh, it, it's really easy to sort of knock off and flake. Yeah. But that stuff, really, really well. It's a 4x4, a little uh, Fiat Panda 4x4. It's a little tactical okay. vehicle now. Oh. And I've, I've gone green lining and off-roading and stuff in it, and there's been all sorts of flying up and hitting it. And... Still looks like a reasonably new paint job, which is good. Damn, that so, is yeah. wild. Okay. Now here in yeah, South dude. Carolina, uh, where I'm at, we um, we have a lot of rednecks. We have a lot of people that, uh, yeah, dude. We have a lot of people that um, paint their, you know, spray paint their trucks for, yeah. you know, to make it look, uh, you know, camouflage pattern and shit. Because, you know, their pickup truck, they're rednecks, they go hunting, they, you know, park in the woods or yeah. they, whatever. So, uh and most of the ones I've seen, like, they look pretty shitty, man. Like, they don't know how to spray paint right, so there's, like, runs 
uh, and drips and <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah. Back when I was spray painting it originally, the the boot or the trunk door, as yeah. you call it, um, it was super hot, sunny, and I was spraying it, and that was just running. It like wouldn't dry. Yeah, and I it just basically ran. So it's got. That's the worst part of the paint job, I think, is the boot. Uh, so it ended up, when I redid it, I left it open, so it was, like, flat. Oh, gotcha. I painted it that way. But it's still, you can still see the older sort of drips through it. Right. But, you know, from 10 feet away, it looks like a proper proper job. I'll send you a yeah. picture later on if you'll see it. Yeah, dude, that'd be cool. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Well, how did you – um... oh, go ahead. I'm going to say um, my team logo, this guy, or my, one of my team logos – Oh, nice. That's the, uh, what is that uh, mask? Uh, Mag- the Magpie skull. What, oh, do you mean like yeah. the um, Plague Doctor mask? Right. No, that's that's just a magpie skull. That's oh, okay. Proper into magpies. They're very good. Oh, nice. But yeah, so um, I've got a vinyl cutter. So I've got some black vi- matte vinyl and cut that logo out. So that's on my car as well. Oh, shit. So it's, yeah, so it, uh, it matches. <laughs> oh, that's cool, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll this guy out of the way. That's right where my knees are. So how did you um, – so the area you live in now, did you grow up in the UK and – Yeah, dude. Um, I was born in a place called Blackburn, which is literally 15 minutes where we – that way. You know, for anybody who wants to know, it's over there. Probably <laughs> zero in on me from that. Yeah, because we can see where you're, you know. Yeah. I mean, it might be different if – if the camera's flipped for you, I don't know. <laughs> right. But yeah, so born over there, but I live in a town called Accrington, which is a, a northern industrial town. Uh, it was really booming at the turn of the century for cotton production. And the whole town was basically mills and big factories mm. and then terraced houses. Um, I don't know if you get terraced houses in the US, which are just generally it's a, a row of houses and they're just all next door to each other. Oh, and yeah. it's like generally yeah. two rooms downstairs, two rooms upstairs, a back mm-hmm. garden with a, a shed for your toilet back in there. Yeah, that's what uh, – right. So we have the same thing here. They call them townhomes. Right, cool. Mm-hmm. So it's just rows and rows and rows of that and then gotcha. factories. Uh, towards like the 90s, uh, all these factories started – mills started getting knocked down or turned into other businesses and the town kind of declined. But it's all basically still that old school northern mill town aesthetic. Yeah. And it's super famous for a couple of things. One of them is an advert. If you if you go onto YouTube and type Accrington Stanley Milk, you'll get an advert, which is these two I think the Scouse kids with Scouse from Liverpool. Okay. And they're they're probably about nine or ten years old. And one of them's like pouring himself a glass of milk. He's like, what are you drinking that for? He goes, me mum says, if I drink me milk when I'm old enough, I'll be able to play for Accrington Stanley. And the other guy's like, Accrington Stanley? Who are they? And he's like, exactly. <laughs> and that's what we're fucking world famous for, that advert. I was oh in God. New York, right? I was in the middle of fucking Manhattan. And this dude's like, hey, yo, you from England? I'm like, yeah, dude. He's like, London? I'm like, no, dude, a bit further north than that. He's like, oh, Edinburgh. I'm like, Edinburgh, and no, that's a different country. That's like Canada <laughs> for us. Uh, near Manchester. Little town called Accrington. Accrington Stanley! I'm like, fuck's sake, dude, really? I'm, I'm thousands of miles away from home, and this dude who doesn't even know Scotland is a different country 
knows Accrington Stanley from this advert in the 80s. Oh, my but another, God. Another connection to New York, the Empire State Building, the foundations for that are built from our other chief export, the Accrington Norai Brick. No shit. So not too far from where I live is the Aki Norai Brickworks. And this, the history of the thing goes like the basically the, they're a super strong brick and it was supposed to be called the iron brick. And the guy who made the mold for the brick wrote iron. And then oh. when the first lot of bricks came out, he'd written it just normally, not reversed. So it came out saying Norai. So they basically changed the name to the Norai Brick Company. Huh. And uh, it's wild. Yeah, and they're all over the world in, like, really big buildings. They're foundations okay. like in Ori. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, we've been digging up the back garden recently to put some decking down, and it's just full of old Nori bricks just in the soil and grass. Nasty stuff. Oh. But, yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Okay. Digressing completely there from the point. No, party. that's cool, though. Yeah. I love – I mean, I you know, this is uh, – it's interesting. I love hearing about this stuff because – you know, this is obviously an area I'm not familiar with uh, personally. So, uh, you know, I when I first started having people on here from different countries, uh, I could I could start to tell they would tell me where they're from, like in the UK. Yeah. And uh, the only way I I don't know my geography too well. Now I can look it up, obviously, uh, on a map. But uh, I noticed the the um, the way they would speak, you know, like the, I don't know, not dialect, but, uh, their the accent, accent. Yeah, yeah, their accent was different from if they were from the South, so, you know, like Southern part of UK to the Northern part. Oh, dude, and, it's uh, not, not even just that. It's if I go to the next town over Burnley. Yeah. The accent's different. It's Burnley. Oh, it's not that really? Different. Really? Bad. Yeah. The Burnley and, well, where I'm located now, Accrington, is in between Blackburn and Burnley, and they hate each other. And they've both got different accents as well. It's great. And then if you go <laughs> half an hour up the road to Manchester, you've got the Manc accent, which is totally different as well. And then if you go over in, God forbid, if you've got to go over the border into Yorkshire, you've got to get your injections <laughs> before you go over the border. Um, totally different accents over there. They, they do sound kind of similar to us, but... Jon Snow, Game of Thrones, um, yep. that's the sort of northern stereotypical, if anybody says, oh, you're from north, they're thinking like the Yorkshire, or the sort of this area accent. And then you go a bit further, further north to like Teesside and sort of around Newcastle, which is where um, I listened to your episode with Lucifer and Poison Wonder. Yeah. They're from up there. So they've got oh, the, okay. like the Geordie accent. Yeah, Which is another one, and then even further from that, you're crossing the wall, you know, into Scotland, going beyond yeah. the wall. You've got <laughs> sixty other accents up there as well. And then if you go down south, you go further down than us. You got like Liverpool. You got okay. the Scouse Scouse accent. I used to play airsoft a lot of sites in Liverpool, so know a lot of people with that accent, and uh, it's a good laugh. You go even further down, you get things like. Uh, Birmingham, I can't even do a Birmingham accent. You know, um, bloody Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders, I love that show, dude. We watched yeah, the whole I'll, fucking thing, yeah. I'll give you a fucking cool bit of trivia about that in a minute. Okay. But, uh, Peaky Blinders, they're from Birmingham, so they've got this kind of, they don't really have the Birmingham accent, the actual proper gotcha. thick Birmingham accent, but that 
It's one of Britain's most hated accents. Really? Everybody in the UK is like, fucking Birmingham accent. <laughs> and then as you get further down, you get southern accents. Oh, and people yeah. always say that the further south you get, the more posh you get. So if you ask, say you ask an American to do a, a British accent, standard issue British accent for an American is the Cockney Mary Poppins accent. Um, yeah. I've been to London a few times, sadly. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of London at all. Uh, that accent, it's nothing like the Mary Poppins accent. And yeah, it, it doesn't sound posh at all like everybody says it does. It's yeah. a dirty sort of, there's going to be a bunch of uh, Cockneys coming after me now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick up here in Manchester, the capital of the north. You know. Oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was going to say, um, sidetracking from accents, because we could go on all day getting into like Cornish accents and shit like that, which are like hobbits. Hobbits oh, yeah. have a Cornish accent. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that, watching the new Lord of the Rings thing last night. Oh, yeah. All the different accents. Yep. Right. Completely. The, uh, oh, in fact, no. uh, Ring of Power or something? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, I watched the first two episodes. Yeah, I watched the first three. My wife doesn't know I've watched the third one yet. Watched okay. it there. Okay. But, oh, I didn't know the third yeah. one came out yet. Okay. Yeah, yesterday, uh, Friday. Oh, yesterday, nice. Wasn't it? Yeah. So okay. I was uh, yesterday while I was at work. It was a a day where I spent all week shooting a bunch of stuff, and the deadline for all this stuff was yesterday. Yeah. So I just had my, I brought my tablet and just had that on. Oh, okay. On my desk, so I was kind of like mainly just listening to it. Right. But obviously, like just editing in Photoshop and Lightroom, what I had to do. I just up and down every now and then. <laughs> but yeah, um, aside from accents, we're going to go back to uh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, dude. I used to contract for a company called Boohoo in, here in the UK, which is uh, fast fashion. Uh, they're absolutely massive worldwide now. Um, give it a googs. They're uh, super massive. Really good company to work for if you're in the uh, Manchester office. It's all super creative. It's It's really... Absolutely beautiful building outside. It's a really old mill sort of building and super modernized inside. I was part of the still life team doing photography and it's right in the middle of the northern quarter, which is Captain America was filmed there. And oh, okay. anytime you want like a 1930s New York, they come to the northern quarter in Manchester because oh, it's shit. nice. Got, the buildings look like 1930s New York with exterior fire escapes and yeah. just a the aesthetic so Peaky Blanders recorded there as well the shot there so anytime they're on a back alley outside the uh, Garrison pub yeah that's Northern Quarter in Manchester or in I think maybe season two or three um, Tommy Shelby he's up on a scaffold well he's on one of the fire escapes with a or it's like MP18 submachine gun or whatever it is yep. and there's all them blocks down there and he has a bit of a shootout yeah. That was that set. That location is right across from the front door of the Boohoo building. Oh, so every shit. time they're recording, that street is like super awkward to get down to get to work. And you've got like 1920s cars driving up and down it. And then, oh wow, didn't realize that day that they were filming a firefight, a shootout. So I'm in the studio, and you can just hear like rounds popping off outside. And I'm like, <laughs> "Fucking hell, Taliban! What the fuck's going on? Are we about to get? Am I about to have to fight something?" <laughs> nah. Um, okay, right. So you go out at um, end of day, walk past the uh, set, and you're like trying to peep in to see if you can see anybody. 
security is trying to stop me. I'm like sneaking down this other side street, trying to get onto the set to have a look. Yeah. Got escorted out by a big hefty security guard. And he's like, so you tried to get in here four or five times today. I'm like, well, you've got to, aren't you, mate? You know, if you want to meet uh, Killian Murphy, you know, get a handshake, high five. <laughs> you know, you, you got to sneak onto the set. Yeah, I've done it before, you know. Um, so he's like, right, yeah, so you must be a big fan then. I'm like, really big fan. Love it. It's a great show. Absolutely love it. He's like, tell you what, I've got this for you. you know, let me just root about over here. Anyway, he pulls this out. Oh, shit. Yeah, so this is a um, 45 ACP blank. Yeah. That um, was used on the set of Peaky Blinders. Oh, Mr. that's you, cool. Your man, your man, Mr. Murphy, killed the bad guy with this. I'm like, very fucking spoilers, mate. <laughs> yeah, so sits on my desk over here next to uh next to dude that's a, cool as shit okay yeah that's another little historical thing this is a cat badge for the connaught rangers which are a really famous battalion of the british army oh, okay. uh, disbanded now but i have a yeah a distant distant relative who died on gallipoli who was with the fifth mm -hmm. service battalion of the connaught rangers so i gotta keep a memorial for him next to that there oh that's cool man yeah that's wild i always wanted to talk to somebody again. uh in the uk about peaky blinders because i was so into that show um yeah man. I, I don't know just you know i didn't really have any questions about it. i just wanted to see i guess their perspective uh of it because it, you know it takes place in that uh in that area you know yeah well, i mean it's, it's set i guess in birmingham which is that accent again but it's that's like maybe two two three hours away from me yeah so I don't really have a connection to the actual location of the show, but yeah. it's exciting that it was through the 2014 to 2018 when I worked with Boohoo, being able to see them actively there shooting and seeing the, uh, the actual Shelby brothers walking up and down the alley and stuff. And go, oh, there yeah. he is. Right. It's good stuff. But You're, you're yeah. waiting for, uh, <clears throat> what was his brother's name? Uh, Tommy's oh, brother's fuck. name. Fuck. That's gonna bug me. Arthur. Um, Arthur. Oh, I think, yeah, you're, you're waiting for Arthur to bust through your door, like by by order of the Peaky fucking blinders. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, dude. I saw him. Uh, he was firing a revolver or something. I can't remember which series it was from, but I got to see him on set, walking back and forth, up and down. Must have done the thing like six times to get the. Uh, but yeah. That's cool, man. Good. Hell yeah. Good. I went over to uh, Manchester one time on my birthday. They were shooting Peaky Blinders up there again. And they just, I'd missed it. They'd finished, everybody had left. But the set was still being taken down. So mm. I walked into the set and I'm like, all right, lads, just, if you just walk through and like, you're meant to be there. You don't give a fuck. Right. I walked through, until nobody were looking. And you know, they've got like old school looking posters and advertisements and bills up on the wall. Right. I just peeled one off the wall and rolled it up, just stuck it under my jacket and just kept walking. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got up in the loft as well, there's um, an advert for a shoe shining company or something. Oh, shit. So it's, it's a super really bad print. It's just yeah. really crap paper with really crap right. print on it. Painted over to make it look like it's all dirty and covered in soot and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's couple wild. A couple of souvenirs from that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah good show. Ask when we went on the side track yeah. about oh I, yeah it was just uh uh just you know your background like 
grew up there. Um, I Hang guess on. what what led one sec. I think yeah. Go ahead. Nick, everybody's back home. I'm just going to check. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That didn't disconnect the X. The walls in this house are built out of cement, and any time I walk away from the computer, the Bluetooth usually disconnects. Oh, no, it's good. Cool, yeah, sorry. Everybody's oh, yeah. back. So I be. guess uh, your background um, growing up and then kind of what got you into Airsoft in the first place, uh, and then, of course... Uh, you, you have a long history in airsoft and of course, you know, with, uh, yeah, you're talking about the, you know, f the, trying to figure out the camera, you know, scope can like your homemade yeah. scope cam and shit. Like, so to do that though, uh, you, you definitely loved the sport. Uh, yeah, you know, you were, definitely. and you um, love filming and photography. So how did you get into, you know, well, all that shit? Airsoft itself. I'll, I'll sort of go two ways. I'll tell you about airsoft and about the sort of YouTube thing, because they're both different, totally okay. different journeys. Airsoft, I found back in the 90s. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I like it when I'm talking to airsofters at sites who are like in the 20s. And I'm like, dude, I was playing airsoft when you were still in your dad's balls. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so back for, I think it was on my 14th birthday, maybe, I wanted to go play paintball. Like a lot of us were super into guns and shooting and we fired air rifles and I fired a twenty two rimfire at a my dad's mate's got a load of land and he uses it to guard his chickens from a fox or something. Gotcha. So I'd had a little bit of experience shooting back then. And I wanted to find a paintball site. So my mum said, If you can find a paintball site that's within half an hour of here, I guess, you can go. I'm like, no factor, let's look for it. So went to a shop, which back then was called John Menzies. Pardon me, burping. Pepsi Max repeating on me. <laughs> it's now called WH Smith, for those of you in the UK. I, I went in there and found a magazine called Gun Mart. And Gun Mart is like a, a... The paper quality is like super newspaper kind of paper. It's a really... It's a thick magazine. Hmm. It's all about air rifle shooting, shotguns. Uh, there's maybe back then there were maybe two or three pages on paintball and airsoft, and I'd be like flicking through because I'm like, this is definitely going to be the magazine. To oh, there was like a yellow pages sort of thing at the back of all these different gun shops and all sorts of oh, places, okay. and there were paintball sites in there. So I was going to get some phone numbers and just fourteen year old me was going to ring up like paintball. Do you have Trying to find out where they were. <laughs> so I'm flicking through this and I find the paintball and airsoft section or whatever it was called. And I'm looking at these paintball pictures and I turn the page and there was a advert for a, a UK shop, might have been Wolf's, Wolf Armouries. And they had a big stay a rogue just at the top with like a price tag next to it. Nice. And then I'm like, what, you can buy that? What? And I'm like looking further and further and I'm reading like ammo beeps. I'm like, putting two and two together, like, oh, this gun must shoot these little balls. This is amazing. What the hell? So I'm, like, buying the magazine, talking to my mates who were going to go paintballing with. I'm like, we can't go paintballing. now. look at this. We've got to get these instead. Yeah. And back then it's, like, 240 quid for a starter gun. And 
way out of our budget. Yeah, that's so. Yeah. We're, so then we started uh, looking into it more, and there was a shop in the middle of Accrington that everybody in Accrington who's into shooting sports knows about. It's like the mecca for us. It was called Target Technics. Tiny little terrace front shop. On this, it was actually on the same street as my uh, former studio. Just yeah, little piece of Accrington history, run by a really nice old geezer called uh, Richard. And we used to go down, and we'd go in, and he'd be like, "You can't come in here with your parents, kids. You can't just be coming in and messing about." And and he'd give us like paperwork, leaflets for like uh, sports marketing or whatever it was called. We'd like mm. all these spring pistols in it, and then a non-blowback Marui pistols, and then. He had a Marui AK up on the wall and then a Spring Car 98, which I now own. I actually own that very rifle. Nice. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so we, we used to go in and pester him and pester him day after day. Because you have to be 17 to buy one. You have to be 17. I'm like, uh. <laughs> anyway, he goes, or if you've got a parent who will buy it for you, you can be 14. And I'm like, funny story. We're 14. He's like, well, if you can bring your parent back, you can buy one. Oh, shit. And we found... In the window of his shop, he had this offer. It, there was a, a spring, I think it was made by UHC, Unicorn Hobby Corporation, Smith & Wesson M645, so it's like a silver semi-auto, 1911-looking, but chunkier. And it said, um, sold as is. Basically, people had returned broken pistols, and if you could fix them, it'd sell them for a bit higher, but some of them are just... Put them in the windows, six pound as a, a prop or a display piece. Oh, yeah. Or like three, for, I think it was six pound each or three for 15. Mm. So me and two of our mates put five or each together and went down with my, with my mum and we bought three of these pistols and then just got them working again, just oh, taking shit. them apart and tinkering and learning how to play them. So they were just really crap spring pistols. Yeah. And then it, it grew from there where we'd, we used to take them to school. As, as you do when you're 14 year old and you don't really know it's a stupid as fuck thing to do and we'd we'd be having like little um skirmishes like with 12.12 bbs little spring pistols in the yeah. cemetery next to the school or whatever getting told off by the teachers for uh, they're like taking them off us and giving them to our parents and you know oh, learning shit. like you do yeah. and then uh then it evolved from there so i asked my dad if we'd get a, a fairly decent one and i ended up with a, a spring usp mm. and um it wasn't much better than the the ones I had previously, but it was a lot solider, a lot better. And then that kind of led to us wearing like swimming goggles in the back garden and setting oh, up uh, yeah. little barricades and stuff and just having spring games. And then we evolved then onto what were called mini electrics, which were like shrunken down MP5s and M16s and then ran off AA batteries. Oh, wow. You pulled, like, you pulled the rear sight of the MP5 back and poured BBs into it. And they were just like, Zip, 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 zip. <laughs> no, they were really crap. Doing about 150 feet per second with a 12. You get oh, about shit. 30 feet range out of them. But in a terrace, terrace back garden, which is maybe, I don't know, 12 feet wide by 40 feet long, we're just with some turned over plastic tables and stuff. Perfect. Yeah. You just like put down some suppressing fire where your mate runs up with a spring pistol. Right. And a, a party popper full of BBs. So that I wonder if those are like the first type of AEGs that came out with the little. No, I mean, there were no proper AEGs at that time as well. These were just oh, okay. a, a okay. novelty thing made by yeah. Marui aimed at kids. Oh. So, um, yeah, we, we used to use them. And then Richard at Target Technics got in some non blowback pistols, some old Marui MBBs, and some HFC MBBs. 
So we just started buying them. So then we were buying like cans of gas, like green gas and these pistols. So we kept evolving and evolving and evolving until yeah. we got to like 16 years old. We found we found the airsoft.org. All, we, it's affectionately named the All Blue. All is in like old with an apostrophe. All. Oh, the okay. All Blue forums, yeah. which from like maybe in 1999 to maybe 2003 was the go-to place for the UK airsoft scene. It was the best an airsoft community online has ever been. Like, I don't really? know if that's me looking at it with like rose-tinted glasses or anything, but right. it was absolutely a solid community because everybody was, airsoft was really young back then. Yeah. And the community was much smaller. Mm. So everybody was kind of a little, a little more tight in it and a little more friendly. And right. there were some people who were really knowledgeable about it and tell you to stay away from this gun, go for that gun, save up, don't buy that, do this. And there was um, there's a, a chat client called IRC, hmm. and you could it's just like a client for chat rooms, right? And you could basically set up a chat room. You had like a hash, a hashtag name, and like a I think you had a number as well that you had to put in, and you could join a chat room. So airsoft.org had hash airsoft, and we'd all go in there and talk about airsoft and oh dude, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get that, this is gonna and just a bunch of kids and like maybe two. 20, 21 year olds just talking about airsoft. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, it, we kind of learned about AGs and skirmishing, proper skirmishing through that. And then we'd, we found out that they we quickly found out they had a second hand forum on there, like a classified section. Uh, back then, buying things over the internet was a pain in the ass because there was no PayPal. And oh, so, right. I bought my first AEG through the Blue Forums, which was an Academy XM one seven seven E two. Academy was a as a model club, uh, not model club, a model company mm. that makes like best. I think they make model trains and shit, oh, but they shit. also made model guns. Yeah, that you built from scratch, like kits. Right, and then they made spring pistols and stuff, and then they kind of copied the Marui XM one seven seven. And the MP5A5. The gearbox and the motor were all connected together as one piece. The oh, wow. receivers like didn't break apart like the Marui. It was just like a clamshell thing that went together. Fixed yeah. top up. The magazines were slightly smaller than Marui specs, so you couldn't use any other mags. They were mm. super cheap, super nasty, but 130 quid. And I'm like, that's half yeah. the price of a Marui one. Let's do it. Yeah. I bought it off this guy who was selling it because he bought that as his first gun and he bought something new and he was selling that to like, obviously make money back. So I had to pay him by check through the oh, post. shit. So because this guy lived at the other end of the country as well. Right. So I had to write a check. I didn't have a checkbook, so I was like 15, I think. Yeah. So I'm like, Dad, can I, can I give you this money and then you send a check to this guy? And it, <laughs> what's really, I still remember the guy's username. And... um. Is that right? What name am I writing on this check? I'm like Grim six six six, but it's got three R's. <laughs> He's like, no, I can't write that. I can't write that on a check because that won't work. <laughs> What's his actual name? I'm like, um, I'll find out. <laughs> so I had his address, but the only name I had for him was his forum username. Right. So I got this guy's name. It turned out this guy was the same age as me as well. Okay. So found out his dad's name because that's who i was paying 
We sent gotcha. the check off. The check cleared within a week, and then about four months later, I finally got the gun. Oh, it was a whole shit. thing where this kid immediately spent the money, didn't mm. send the gun, and then I was back and forth with him on the forums. My dad was getting pissed off. I got a phone number off him. My dad rang his dad. His dad kicked the kid's ass. <laughs> you know, put him into a because he did basically as it turned out they'd been because he was excited they had all this money and then didn't feel an urgency to send the gun so he'd right. still been skirmishing with that gun and his gun with his mates oh, in the back garden right so then yeah it got when it got sent it got stopped in post and he opened it up and examined it for some reason i guess they must have scanned it and sent a gun and then checked it yeah because uh, when it arrived, the magazines were loaded. So he said he hadn't sent them loaded, and it was wrapped in, like, tape, saying it had been opened and inspected. I'm like, fucking hell, dude. <laughs> so it, it was like a whole six-month ordeal trying to get this first AEG. Yeah. And I was the first – well, my friend, good friend Ev, who's on a, a recent episode of my podcast, he'd picked up a Marui MP5K for, like, really cheap, but couldn't find any batteries for it anywhere. So he got the first AEG on the, out of the group of us oh, but couldn't use it. So I got this, and I'm, like, calling everybody, like, ringing house phones. Like, lads, lads, let's have a back garden game at my house. Let's have a back garden game at my house. And the, so everybody turns up with a number of, like, pistols and their spring, but a, a Dong San Spring Spass 12, which fired about 80 feet per second. It were everybody had <laughs> this mediocre shit-tier guns. Yeah. And the way the thing was laid out was I lived, my, my aunt lived next door, so we had access to two back gardens. Oh, nice. And then the neighbours, when they were out, they said, yeah, fine, you can jump over into our garden. So we had three gardens, and we'd set up, like, tables and chairs and stuff so we could get over the walls. Yeah. And I wanted to play a King of the Castle game, which is a game we made up where I'd get on top of the shed, and they had to attack me and try and... Whoever killed me could get on, and they were King of the Castle. Yeah. So I'm up there with a little mini electric MP5, like, zip, 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 zip. And then they're behind these tables and stuff, and then... They're all, like, ducking down. And while they duck down, I pull out this XM-177 and just flick it onto automatic. And they stop up, step up, like, <laughs> just open up on them. They had no idea I had this AEG. And it was they didn't know yet? They did not Even know. Even into was, the game, you didn't tell them? Yeah, I didn't tell them. I just hid it. Where oh, I was thinking, this shit. This is why I wanted to play this King of the Castle game. Yeah, the, yeah. The gun was on top of the shed, hidden. Do this big reveal. Yeah, dude. So I just stood up and just opened up on them, like, oh, I felt my like God. Al Pacino at the end of Scarface, just like, ah, <laughs> and it, we, it was brilliant they were like oh my god you've got an AEG it was absolutely oh, that's amazing cool, man. and then we all started like buying AEGs at that point like so we were turning 16 getting jobs and then we could all yeah. start buying AEGs and then September 2000 was the first airsoft game or the first proper they'd ha- there was a site our local site was in Sheffield which is not local by any means. <laughs> so uh, there were paintball sites around us, but none of them would do what they called a six mil event. They'd just do paintball. So if oh, we wanted gosh. to do an airsoft event, we had to go halfway across the country, I guess. But mm. Sheffield, maybe about an hour and a half to this site. And they were, they'd done a test game with a bunch of people, went down really well. And then they were going to start running it called Ambush Airsoft. And oh shit! They basically they set up on the for the old blue forums. A lot of the people who went to the event were on the forums, and we were all talking. There was a big team that played at other sites called Zulu Troop, 
we're talking about 21, 22 members of this team. They were the, probably the biggest team in the country at the time. Yeah. Even bigger than like Wasp team and Los Labos, the old school. Like any old old school British airsofters will be like the nostalgia vibes there when I mentioned those three <laughs> team names. But Zulu Troop, they wore, depending on the season, in the summer they wore entirely flex horn. Mm. In the winter they wore, uh, is it Taz 83, whatever it is, the um, Alpenflage. Oh, yeah. So they wore, they all wore uniform stuff and they all had specific roles to play in the team. And they were super organized. Right. And me and my lads were like, I'm going to my first game. So I've got some cheap knockoff DPM combat, some walking boots, and a, like a soft shell sort of jacket, yeah. an old US LBV. You know, the ones that's like got four AI pouches and two frag pouches at the bottom. Yeah. And then a Scott mask. And I'm like, same one, seven, seven, single magazine. And the mates just had like similar loadouts, like DPM with some old DPM PLC webbing or a Webtex or a Arctis chest rig or whatever. Just oh, default yeah. masks. Super beginner. We look, for, for beginners, we looked all right, but right. absolute beginner gear, shit tier gear. <laughs> and then we were like, we're going to be the best team on site because we've been practicing every night in our back garden. Right. We're going to be the best. We're going to be amazing. <laughs> we didn't know, like, Zulu Troop had, like, 20-odd members. Yeah. We're going into Hash Airsoft where a lot of them were, like, hanging out. We're like, oh, yeah, Zulu Troop. We called ourselves Team Matrix for some reason. Like, Team Matrix is coming. We're going to be there on a September, the September <laughs> event. It's going to be amazing. We are going to kick your asses. Oh, going shit. Going down, but we're, like, proper, like, 16 year old like yeah. going through puberty like it's super excited hopped up <laughs> thinking we're drinking some smirnoff ices sneakily in shed yeah thinking we're hard as fuck and the big we turned boys up. now yeah dude we turned up and got our because they knew who we were and we turned up and they made a like a, a a show of it that they were all in one area and we're like one of the guys came over and shook my hand and goes all right i'm a good like a fortress from Zulu Troop. These are the guys, boy, uh, it's probably in his like mid 20s at that point, but he was a big fucking guy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm knelt down in my kit bag and I look up and he's just giant over me, like, fucking hell. And this other guy called Semi comes over. Semi's like a former EOD guy who oh my fucking God. just fucks around with explosives all the time. He used to yeah. do demos at the site, like, look at this thing I've just made. And then half the site would disappear. Oh my God. <laughs> And then the other lads have come over and all slowly introducing to us. So they are the uh, managed tree magnet sniper, Zulu troop. And I'm like, all right. Before I know, I shook hands with like 20, 20 odd guys, and like my my testicles had done this a little bit, like attracted, <laughs> like and snatched. And I'm like, oh dude, my we've, god, we've, we've maybe bigged ourselves up a little bit much here. Uh -huh. We couldn't, we couldn't like we'd made the team through the forums. Like it, there were three of us, me. Ev and Coop, who were like best mates from school, and we'd we were the core of the team initially. Well, there were four of us, but Lofty, our other guy, he didn't come with us. So there were three of us who actually lived within fifteen minutes of each other, who played together in the back gardens every weekend, yeah. and then like called Dave, who called himself Slick. Um, he lived Macclesfield way, which is towards Manchester. Which mm. back then, when none of us had a car, it might as well have been. Fucking yeah. the Middle East or something. <laughs> exactly. So, we, we, so he was there. He was on the team. And then there was a guy called Steve who he was probably in his 
mid to late twenties back then. And uh, we're like sixteen year olds and he was like he obviously didn't know how young we were, I guess, when we were talking on the forums until we turned up and I'm like, Yeah, join the team, join the team. He's former Royal Air Force, I think it was RAF Regiment. Oh, the Special Forces of the Air yeah. Force, you know. Yeah. And uh, any British military guys now are laughing at that. Yeah, uh, it, for real. The the RAF Regiment is kind of like the laughing stock of uh the, the British forces because oh it is yeah it's it's I've, I've never served military wise my the extent of my career is about two weeks with the sea cadets and like a, a weekend deployment to Asda packing shopping bags for old ladies but <laughs> I don't know if you know what the cadets the cadet forces are over there it's like um kind yeah, of like scouts have... kind of like the yeah, scouts, scouts okay gotcha yep. <laughs> yeah two of the lads who I started the team with were sea cadets. And I, I wanted to be in the army cadets because they were down the street from my house. But they were like, ah, oh, army cadets are a bunch of wankers. They just, uh, they just, all, they all wank each other off, and they don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, I don't know, mate. <laughs> it might be a bit of fun, but we've got sea cadets <laughs> right. in the navy. We get, to, we get to go on ships. In reality, they had a canal barge on the canal next to them, which mm. was the ship. But <laughs> so I turned up to, and I joined, and I lasted seriously about two weeks. And we were going to do this. Uh, it was like a, a carnival or some shit. And they were doing a recruiting sort of thing there. And they were like, right, this is the uniform you're wearing. Fucking bell bottoms. And I'm like, no, I'm straight out. I'm not wearing bell bottoms. Got left. <laughs> How and dare then, you? Yeah, that were it. I'm bell like, bottoms nah. are coming back, bro. Nah, dude. <laughs> so they were, they were proper like navy bell bottoms. They were massive. Oh, yeah. Were, I'm like, not having that. Not having that. I get, I get the shit kicked at me at school enough as it is. <laughs> not wearing bell bottoms in a place where kids from school are definitely coming. Not after so less. But yeah, so I'm um, sidetracking from all that, from the RAF regiment and that. Um, back to September 2000, ambush. We, um, I'm digressing slightly again. I've still got a scar from this game on my hand. Oh, shit. So, uh, so you just get done meeting all this whole team. Met the whole about. team. We've gone through the safety brief we've got like we got everything squared away we're ready to play the first game just a team deathmatch game and uh, we were blue team they were gray team and we're just like pushing forward probably about a 20 minute game and we're yeah. just shooting and shooting like, none of us have got shot because we we're doing what noobs do we're way at the back just thinking our bbs right. are getting close to them but really they're just dropping 30 meters in front of them or whatever and we're just like oh, i'm sure i got him i'm sure i got him and then it gets to a point where we're in this like um like this what they call it, like a foxhole sort of thing. Like a, almost like a trench. Yeah. And they were way in front of us, thirty meters, like hundred feet. And the site staff, the marshal comes over and goes, Right, come on, blue team. Last minute now, we're coming up on the end of the game and you guys can still win this if you push hard, but there were no chance we're going it. If you can push hard now, get up, and if you make a strong, confident move, you can take that enemy team and win the game. I'm like, dude, my uh, the adrenaline's going now. I reckon we can do this, lads. <laughs> so I'm like, my guys were there. I didn't finish telling you about the team. I'll tell you, fuck me, I'm all over the place. So I'm like, dude, come on, we can do this, we can do this. So I G'd my guys up, and I stood up, and I'm like, on me, on me. I start moving. But I stood up in front of this bloke who was on their side. He was one of those snipers. And he was about maybe 10 feet away from me, oh, well shit. within the minimum engagement distance for a bolt yeah. action, firing at somebody past me. 
So gotcha. he didn't he didn't even know that we were in this this ditch. Okay. So I stood up as he fired and the round hit me in the right hand and I'm like, fuck <laughs> I'm like, that's me, I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm hit. So my first ever hit in a game and it was right in my hand. The game was over, we're going to the like staging area for the next brief. And I'm like looking at my hand and it was fucking throbbing. Oh, and yeah. I'm like squeeze it, it was like right here, and it was bleeding like fuck, and there was this big lump. My mate's like, what are you doing? I'm like squeezing it and squeezing it. And then there was just like, and the fucking BB came out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? And I'm like, oh I God. wish that I'd picked that BB up and kept it. But No shit. Yeah, dude, there's still like a tiny little white dot right there where that BB went in. So oh, where that's like cool. A, 22 years ago, dude. <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the, the most special thing too is uh, just the whole scenario and how, how you got it. But uh, but who you got it from too? Like this yeah. team that you know was the shit. You know, like yeah. really but good. What's really funny as well is we played that site for years until it closed down, and yeah. we did not stop giving that team shit the whole time we played there. We were we knew we were nowhere near as good as them, right? But we rolled with a bunch of other teams, and together uh, we could take we could challenge them yeah. as we got better and better and bought better guns oh, okay. and stuff like that. And this one time, we were giving them so much shit on the forums, and they set a trap for it. I've got photos of this somewhere. So uh, there's this guy called Foxy. His call sign was Fox Trot Off. Like, fuck off. Fox Trot Off. Nice. So we just called him Foxy, and he was a big, gormless lad. He was absolutely lovely guy, and he'd been giving them loads of crap, and I'd been giving them loads of crap. So midday, midday break, the grip Zulu Troop had broken up at this point, and four or five of them had gone off to a team called First Dan Motor Rifles. But the rest of them had stayed and become uh, Team Aardvark. Hmm. They went for they changed the name to Aardvark because A is as far away from Z as you can get. And they wanted to distance themselves. But there were still 20-odd guys, massive yeah. team. They'd grown since then. New people had jumped into it. The core guys were still there, the regulars. Still a really good bunch of guys. Right. But we're giving them shit. Loads and loads of shit, and we didn't really have the uh, balls to back it up, I guess. And they gripped Foxy and dragged him out into the shooting range. Well, they dragged him out towards the edge of the shooting range, but he didn't have his mask. And they're like, my guys, I'm like, yo, like, go get Foxy's mask. Bring yours as well. I'm like, yeah, no fact it. So I run off, grab Foxy's mask, run back, put in my mask on. Didn't realize it was a fucking trap. As soon as I handed them Foxy's mask, they put it on, they grip me. They link our arms and gaff tape our hands together. Oh, so our arms are like that, and then gaff tape our legs like a three-legged race together. And then all the Voivod were coming out, loading up the magazines and getting ready. Oh, and we just shit. stood there and they're like, I don't know why you're fucking standing there, boys. You better run. Like, what do you mean run? We tape together. No, you better fucking run. Because as, as, oh, as soon as the marshals come out, because they needed marshals on site to make sure it was legit, I guess. Yeah. As, soon as, as soon as one of the staff comes out here, we're opening fire. We're like, fuck. So we're like hobbling because I'm like really short and he's really tall. So it was like really like awkward as well. And we're like hobbling through the woods, through all these brambles and shit. And they just opened up on us and just ruined us. We're all of our backs, all of our asses. They were throwing grenades at us. And it was paintball paintball site as well. So then the paintballers were walking past and the paintballers like, what are you doing? Like shooting these guys. And they're like, all right. And we're like, we got swatted. And then oh um, they came up, cut us out of it, said, right, you did well there, boys. You're all right by us. 
brought us back in, gave us a they bought they paid for our food at dinner time, you know, which is oh, alright as a thing. But it was just one of those sort of beasting things, isn't it, where you've fucked around so much that this is what right. you get, but we're still mates afterwards. And oh, yeah, man, we cool. learned a valuable lesson from that. Yeah, for sure. But man, yeah. what a what a way to like a rite of passage. Like you felt yeah, you know, you felt part of it, you know. Man, yeah. that's cool as shit. I mean, you you went through some punishment, but uh, <laughs> well, you learned some respect for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah. But man, you feel this like uh, camaraderie that is you yeah. know common with military or sports teams or whatever. You know, like a hey, uh, we love you, but we're gonna fuck you up right now, okay? And see Without if you can doubt, take yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, from that, that's kind of like how our team were as well. So we used to, as the team grew and more people came in, we used to. It's like when you join in a gang, like we'd, we'd kick them in, you know, <laughs> we'd, um, we'd bring them in, we'd say, right, you've got to, you've got to run across in front of the entire team and we oh, light it fuck up. Yeah. So everybody who's on our team went through that and throwing frags at them and all sorts of shit. And yeah, it's, it's one of the things that's, like you said, a rite of passage. Like, yeah, man, there's you, a, but... <laughs> there, yeah, that's uh it, it's still a common thing. Uh, like, especially in the UK, uh, I've seen, you know, all these different people I've talked with uh, from the UK, these uh, girl airsofters and stuff, and they, uh, I follow them all on Instagram. Well, I saw uh, just like a couple months ago, it was somebody that I had talked to. I can't remember if it was Gem Airsoft or uh, one of those, and they, uh, it was their birthday, and on their birthday at that yeah, field, dude. and I guess it's a common thing, <laughs> they get shot by everybody on the, you know, that's that's there. And, uh, and they, she showed a picture of her back, uh, afterwards. And I was like, holy shit, dude. It's kind of cool though. Like I said, you know, you get this, uh, like, it's just, Hey, you all know if you go to the, you know, it's your birthday and you're at the field, this is what happens, you know? Uh, I mean, we've we've done it in the past at some sites where the birthday player is out on their own and it's an actual game. Everybody's got one life. Birthday player is just like a Terminator. Unlimited nice. lives. If you get hit, you just take it and keep shooting. Right. And everybody's just got to come and hunt you down. I think that's a lot more fun than just running and getting shot. Cause oh, that's cool. You get to give it back a little bit. Right. Well, we've done that a few times, and it, it always ends up with uh, the, the attacking team just not taking hits and just kicking the shit out of you anyway. But <laughs> Right. It's one of those casual sort of everybody knows what the deal is sort of thing. And right. So I, yeah. Oh, that's cool, dude. Okay, so you go from... Uh, getting into this, you know, on this field with, uh, these badass Zulu guys. And then, you know, later on, you know, you, you build up some teammates that, you know, what at random teammates. And then, uh, now after that, what, uh, after that, we kind of, our friend group, like just our natural friend group grew bigger. Part of that, right. Part of that was when I lived next door to my aunt and this lad called plumber, he walks past, he's just a local lad. And my cousin who lived next door, she fancied the fuck out of him. So we were like, Oi, plumber! Your cousin fancies you. You know, like you do when you're younger. Of course. So he comes over, like, bright red. I'm like, oh, you're in cadets, aren't you? Do you like guns? It's like, yeah, dude, yeah. I'm like, come with me. This guy we just met, basically. We knew through, like, friends and shit. We should drag him to the house and gave him a Marui MP5. I'm like, yeah, shoot that if you want. And then from then, he brought his best mate down. And then we just grew. as like shit. a... Yeah, that's like twenty odd years ago now, and we're still like best mates, all of us. Oh, that's awesome! So we, so our team, the current iteration of the team, which is called CBMPC, 
Which they the actual men team patch is there. Oh wow, look at that. So that's a really old patch as you can see it's all knackered and right. scratched. But oh that's it's got um, history, man. Yeah, dude, it's based on the Ramon's presidential seal. So you know the the Gabba Gabba Hay sort of classic Ramones logo. Oh yeah, the Ramones. Yeah, yeah, yeah it sure. is the Ramones, best band ever. Oh, uh, yeah. But I obviously changed it to CBMPC in the middle. It's got an AK and then a rubber cock on the other side. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a site that we play that called Squat. We still play it. The company's called Squat, and they've had about six or seven sites over the years. Okay. During one safety brief, for some reason, they were talking about melee kills, and they said, got to watch out for CBMPC because they use their mum's dildos. <laughs> Everybody immediately believed it. So that <laughs> night, we all went online, and we all bought rubber cocks. And oh, that, shit. That was our melee kill thing at, at SWAT sites. On their forums back then, they had a, a page on the front of the forums that said D- uh, CBMPC Dill Kills. And they had all the teammates, <laughs> all of our names with the number of kills we got on it. Oh, shit, that's funny. So, yeah. So the team grew called CBMPC, which came from, like, nights out in, like, uh, this bar in Blackburn. Uh, where we'd all just, the group would get together and jump in the mosh pits and shit. And yeah. just get thrashed and then we we just bonded through all that and started playing airsoft together and play at the peak there were about 12 of us mm-hmm. and all of us mates none of us we didn't bring anybody in from other places it was just our core group so we all hung out at our, each other's houses we got drunk together we some of us worked together and shit and yeah we were just all like really fucking close and when we were on the field you could see the difference between us and other teams because of that. Because other teams, maybe they just knew each other off forums and they'd get together once a month at a site. But we oh, were yeah. actively hanging out every day, just yeah. talking about shooting each other, learning new big, things. Big difference. And definitely. So we were, mm-hmm. we grew to be a force to be reckoned with at SWAT right. sites. And everybody loved and hated playing against us because obviously <laughs> we had rubber cocks and that was like. <laughs> It was like a, a psychological weapon, a, a site called SWAT Area 51, which is an old steelworks. We were in the office part of the building, and there was this, like, frosted glass. Yeah. Enemy team were coming down this corridor parallel to us, and they were about to push on this door. I could see them, like, getting a frag grenade ready, about to breach this door. But I just get the real cock out of my... Out the, I can hear my kids making all the noise out there. <laughs> Pull the rubber cock out, and I'm just banging it on the glass. Like, oh as I'm banging God. it on the glass, my teammates come over, and they're whipping their cocks out. They're banging those <laughs> on the glass, and they're like, you can see them just kind of like backing away from the door, like, nah, this is not a good idea. Oh, shit. But just because intimidation factor of the embarrassment of being tagged by a dildo. Yeah. But yeah. But back to Cock um, slapped. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and we had, like, pride in our cocks as well. Like, of people would ask, people would ask to hold them, like, oh, can I look? and we wouldn't let it. It's like I was sent, it's like, I don't want to, like, Yeah, you're not worthy, ourselves. you're not worthy but... to touch my cock, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dear. It's kind of like our ceremonial weapon. Yeah. So it's like a kukri for us, but, you know. Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah, dude, it was, uh, it's good times. We, going back to that Will It Launch series we did, there's a video, which I'm going to turn to a short, the next short I'm going to put up on the channel, um, we were over at Des, who's one of our guys, at his house. We get his um, EGLM, you know, the grenade launcher for an FN scar. Yeah. 
pop a shell in there. Pop Simon's rubber cock in there. Simon had the biggest, about this big. <laughs> and it was exactly 40 millimetre in diameter. Oh, shit. So we're like lubing it up, jamming it down the uh, barrel of this uh, 40 mic mic. And then Simon, because it was this, he stood at the end of this corridor and shot it in slow motion. He just poof. And it just kind of like keyholes through the air. Slaps him on the chest. There's this big like cock print. I've got a four-year-old screen outside. Big cock print on his chest. Brilliant. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. It actually <laughs> launched out of the launcher. Yeah, man. That is crazy. You'd be surprised what a launch out of them things, especially if you're using like a CO2 shell. Right. Uh, the, the first one we did, we actually disassembled a Moscow shell and just took what would be the grenade on a real 40 mic mic. Yeah. Put that down the tube and fired it at Des. Like hit him in the gut and he was on the floor. Oh bad. my god. Yeah, we're fired. Well, you know, when I when I played paintball, we would, you know, these guys, you know, guys I worked with in factories and stuff, and we were always kind of trying to add stuff to the field, whatever. This guy brought a uh what we called, I don't know if you guys ever had them, you know, back then, but a potato gun. We, we you know, it was just a, yeah, yeah. it was just a, a PVC pipe, you know, a tube. Yeah, I did. Um, like a two inch or whatever, two and a half inch. And then uh, you just cap the end, you know, put a, a fitting on the end for the for the air. And then, uh, and it's just an open tube. You stuff a potato in there and, you know, mash it kind of so it, yeah. it sits in there real, real tight. You know, it gets stuck in there basically, and then you just fill the end of the tube up with the uh, with the air, and it eventually pow. You know, yeah. Well, we used to make them slightly differently. We used to use metal tubes, mm. and you cap one end, and you you drill a hole in it. Yeah, and you spray like hairspray or aerosol or anything like flammable oh, in there shit. with a the touch right. hole covered. Then you put the potato in. Then you use like a, a lighter for an oven, you know, like the long ones. You put that in yeah. there, click it off, and it ignites and fires. Oh, that's cool fucking deadly we used to, what we used to do as well um we spent a little bit of time running in our soft site for a while oh, okay and started off as a cqb my voice nearly broke then hope you heard it squeak <laughs> <laughs> started off as a little cqb site i could go on for an hour just about this site but i'll just yeah. do the tldr um we f- we found out through a friend of a friend about some practical pistol ranges in burnley and um <laughs> we uh we went up one day and found out that they hire out these practical ranges and you can come in and shoot. And we said, the guys who were doing this came from the real, like, UK PSA practical shooting world. Is mm. a UK champion shooter. Okay. But he transferred after the handgun ban over to Airsoft. Mm. And, uh, well, I think he'd gone through, like, air cartridge handguns, which are yeah. massively illegal in the UK now as well, then to Airsoft. He's one of the best high-capper builders in the UK now. It's called Mike. Oh, cool sure. guy. But he, built, he set up these ranges, and we went over, and he had no idea that people shot each other with these guns. He thought it was just for this, and we explained this, and he's like, well, yeah, you can rent the ranges out and shoot each other if you're stupid enough to want to do that. So we did that a few times just oh, for the team, and then we started yeah. like advertising it and running it like a proper site, and basically the people who come and play would pay for the range fees, and then we'd keep whatever else, and then buy new props and new stuff for the site. And then we did that for a couple of years. And then they realized that you could make quite a bit of money from this. Yeah. And started looking for actual places to turn into a site. I mean, when I say sites in the US, you obviously say field. So it's just same thing. Yeah. But they found this woodland area and this rural, sort of like 
mixed woodland valleys and just open grasslands and moved to that and ran that as school. They, the CKB ranges were called Elite, the Elite, C, uh, Elite Shooting Centre. And we called the site Elite CQB because it was tiny CQB, really close quarters. Okay. And then it turned into Elite Fire Zone, which was the big, massive site. We had a run-in with the armed police on there, which was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that site ran for quite some time. We kind of always said our welcome. It was weird because we, we kind of were the touch paper that started that site. Yeah. And then it grew and grew and grew. And as we started going further afield, we found SWAT and we started playing with them because they were much better. They had much better sites, CQB sites, urban sites. We yeah. kind of only went to Elite every now and then. They kind of forgot about us. And yeah. when we went, we were just like acting as we'd normally act there, like we own the fucking place because we own the fucking place. You know, we didn't right. But, you know, we were like, so there's this, this like big beef between the new, the new alphas at that site and us and we just yeah. didn't feel welcome there anymore, so we stopped going. But mm. they moved from there to a new site and changed name. They're now called All Arms Airsoft, and they've moved to another new site. And it's a whole different group of people who run it now. They're all, I know most of them, great group of guys. And that site now is literally 10 minutes up the road from me. Oh, and okay. ironically, I've never played there. But it's one of the ones where it's this, where we are, I'm going off on massive sidetracks again here, but where we are, I'd say it is the capital for airsoft sites. There's the Northwest in particular has a massive, massive population of airsoft sites. Mainly, there's a lot of woodland sites, which are, I guess, easy just to throw up. Like some paintball sites just run alternate weekends airsoft events. But then there's big urban sites, um, yeah. massive urban sites, tiny little CQB sites. Within an hour drive of me, we've got like, well, hang on a minute. I've got a Google Earth thing on here with all the sites near me on it. Hang on, if we... So I've heard of, uh, well, you mentioned one earlier, Amb or Ambush? Ambush, because yeah. Um, I think you're going to... The, the podcast, uh, yeah. That site, Ambush, died back in 2006, 2007. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but at the same time, that was running. There's a site in the south, southeast called Ambush, like Ambush Cobham, maybe, okay. um, which we accidentally booked onto once, thinking we're booking onto the other site, and it was a whole thing. Because <laughs> 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 the Ambush were like, oh, yeah, we, you can go on the website and book in now. We just yeah. ambush airsoft and go on and go, oh, cool, we can book in. And yeah, no, um, we booked into that wrong site. <laughs> Not an issue, we just turned up and paid on the day anyway. And these guys, right. obviously, yeah. But right, so where I am in the northwest right now, on the, within like an hour or so of us, we've got the local sites, which are All Arms Airsoft and Hardline Airsoft, which are in Richton and Burnley. Okay. Then Elite Fire Zone, Rip in Peace, that's gone now. Dagger Woods, which is. Yep, heard of that one. Dagger Woods, everybody said, I used to work at, well, last season I marshaled at Dagger Woods. Okay. Absolutely really good. It's a pretty narrow, long woodland site. Uh, they okay. just, they spent last summer, uh, last, they run it in season, so it only goes through the summer. Because in the winter it's unplayable, the wind just comes straight through it. Uh, and it's it's a nightmare, so they just cut it off for seasons. 
through the shit season, they redid most of the site, and it's really nice now. Um, there is an event on there today, which is where I was supposed to be going, but I forgot to book on. So I'm like, I'm sending uh, Andy, the boss, uh, a message. I'm like, dude, I forgot to book on. Is there any chance there's a spot open? And so I'll give you a message if there is, but it doesn't look like it. There wasn't, so I missed it. There's another game there. The final game of this season is in two weeks, so I'm going to try and get to that. Uh, okay. Daggerwoods, good site. And there's um, Bravo 22, Bravo 22. Delta Team 3, Airsoft North. This is getting closer towards um, Wigan now. Uh, first and only, which is a, a company that runs a bunch of sites. Mm. Uh, love, there's a lot of love hit, first and only. You either love them or hate them. It's very my mic. Right. Um, they've got a site <laughs> called The Mill. And then the best okay. site in the Northwest is in Atherton called Level 2 Airsoft. If you ever come over to the UK and you want to play CQB, go to Level 2 Airsoft. It is without a doubt the best run site in the country. Really? And that is like, they're the same people who run Dagger Woods. And oh, okay. um, I, I find out about them because he had an advert on an Instagram ad, a sponsored post. Yeah. And it was this amazing site where they had this like castle, like proper look like a really cool, kind of look like the, the bunker on Endor. Oh shit. So I, I'm like, whoa, that's yeah, yeah. amazing. And every time I've seen something like this, I'm like, oh, it's in fucking Poland. Or, oh, it's six <laughs> hours away or whatever. But I clicked on it and it's like 35 minutes away. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So I had a look and they were doing an event that weekend. I'm like, dude, is, is, there, a, is there a spot? So he said, yeah, come along. So yeah, um, the whole site was formerly a paintball site. It's the second level of a mill building, clever name, level two. <laughs> and it's always evolving. It's not like a site that they just leave it as it is. They keep yeah. changing it. When, the first time we were there, they had a, like an Afghan market, and then you go into a village. So there's like all wow. these buildings that you go into a village. Then you go through this big giant gate into this like annex area where this tunnel thing that you can go through into a cave. Yeah. There's a big, long, like a proper castle tunnel that goes into this open area where there's a giant bridge that goes over. You can go under the oh, bridge shit. and shit. Then there's the bunker area, which is the bit that looks like the Endor bunker. And that's oh, got a kill house inside it. And then yeah. there's a prison at the back. And then you come around. But in the, to the forest, which is all cab on it in dark green, there's like ambient jungle sound effects playing and oh, mood shit. lighting and shit. It's, but it's really... It was really long, narrow site, really small. Yeah. And they did that because they had so much more site. And for the first year of work of running it, they didn't want to open the second half because they didn't want to dilute what they could put into it. Gotcha. So they wanted to make this first part as good as they could and then do the second part. Yeah. So I think it was the, might have been the second birthday when they launched it. Yeah, it was the second birthday because they called it Level 2.0. Gotcha. And yeah, they had this whole birthday bash thing. We all turned up and they made Nuke Town. Oh, so shit. that second side is a life size Nuke Town with a bus oh, and a God. UPS van and the houses. And then beyond that, it was a massive kill house maze. They got rid of the prison and turned it all into a giant kill house. Now they've changed it again. They've yeah. changed the whole kill house again. I haven't been since they've done the latest change, I don't think. They've added. Just after the lockdowns, they spent time when they could go back in yeah. renovating it again. They took out the Afghan village and put another Call of Duty map in. I've never really played Call of Duty, so I'm not familiar with the map names, but it's the one where yeah. there's a bunch, bunch of shipping containers and a crashed cargo plane. 
Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like a life-size cardboard it's called. Right. So that's in there now, and they've just updated it and changed it, added yeah. new bunkers, new towers here. They, they, they always take, like, really good... Like, if you find a spot where you can just hold up and just murder people all day, and you say to them, did this spot here, it's just... It locks down the entire thing, and it's unfair on the enemy team. Like, I found a spot, really amazing spot, and I used it for a few games, and I'm like... Yeah. Every time I use this spot, they can't get through that gate. And then, because if I just turn 90 degrees this way, I've got eyes on the only other way thing as well. Holy if, shit. There's two of, if there's two of us here like that, right. they can't get through. Even oh, if wow. you throw grenades, because of we're totally in death from the grenades, Yeah, they couldn't get us. And we just, two guys just holding the entire enemy team up there. Holy shit. So I went and told Andy, I'm like, dude, this, look at this. This is the thing. And he went, right, cool. Next time I turned up, he's like, I've made I've made the holes you asked for. I'm like, do you mean the holes I asked for? But go and have a look at your uh, little corner. I went and have a corner. Look, it just cut fucking holes in the walls and made a passageway through. So if you're in that point now, yeah. you're just going to get shot from another hole. There's like another oh, sneaky way through. Right. This is now, you could still hold that corner if you had somebody on security on this hole, but is it worth it? <laughs> I mean, so, that's yeah. cool though that they, you know, I mean, it's like those heat maps uh, in video games, you know, that they use yeah. to uh, kind of fix the maps or open things up to work out know, where all the camping spots the are. And choke stuff. points. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's good that the, uh, and, and that's what I found with a lot of people I've talked with that, uh, you know, have either worked at fields or, you know, or sites or whatever, and, uh, you know, have seen the growth of a site where uh, most people that own the site or run the site are really open to, you Involved know, making it better. Players, yeah. yeah. They want to make it better. They're not, you know, they're not just stuck in this. No, this is how it is, whatever. Uh, they want to, you know, they're, they're all cool with adding stuff and making it more and doing different events or whatever, but that's cool that they, uh, they made it, uh, yeah. you know, well, there was, there was an, better. another site local. In fact, one minute, just let me, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four. The armory's kind of cutting it over an hour, I think. Thirty-five, thirty-six. There's like thirty-eight, close to forty sites within an hour's drive oh of where I am. God, it's like the airsoft capital of of the country. Holy shit. Okay. Now, what? Now, where did you find this list? What? Uh, do you guys have a, a website that's? No, I've I've just got Google. I opened Google Earth and I just oh, went right, on right. different. I just went on Airsoft's Facebook pages, yeah. found their address, and put yeah, it in. Shows. So there is an Airsoft map, but I found that it's really outdated because there's sites like some of the old SWAT sites, like Kiln okay. Fortress, are still on there. And they're long gone now. Okay. So. Basically, I was, I made this at the beginning of this year because this year I was going to be like, right, we're going to visit as many of these sites as we can over the year. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't happened. We just always end up going to the same sites because you find some sites that you like, like Swap Park Gate, really good woodland site, Dagger Woods, really good woodland site, Outpost Airsoft. It's kind of like, I say that's kind of like, you know that site Dutch the Hooligan always plays at? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. But it's a bunch of mixed different fields. It's really cool. And that's within an hour. And then um, level two, we're always going there. Yeah. We just kind of bounce between them. But there's there's a bunch of other sites that we want to hit up. Um, like Foundry, really good CQB sites, absolutely tiny. 
Um, if you get like five aside in there, you're, you're having a great day. Okay. Uh, what's it called? Kill House in Leeds. That's maybe about an hour and ten away, something like that. That's um, they've moved. They've they've rebuilt their site during lockdown. They put in another floor above the kill house, so it was like two floors down. Oh shit! And then they, I think the lease ended on that building or something, and they had to move. So they basically just rebuilt it in another building. But I haven't yeah. been there since, and that's that was supposed to be on the hit list. There's a place just opened up recently in Manchester called Chemical Airsoft and an old uh, chemistry lab. Oh, so it's wow. like all sciencey and stuff. Names, I don't know if you've heard of Names Nico. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, nice guy. Um, again, he's, he's a kind of a Marmite player. I've seen him getting a lot of hate recently on the the online communities for yeah, for what? Because I saw I, I joined his uh, Instagram live the other day. Yeah, I did. He's, he's definitely a guy you should get on here because he's a uh, he's an absolute fucking character. Is I've met him a few times and talked to him. Okay. He helped me out. Spent a lot. Of, he sat down with me one day and spent a lot of time just helping me out with my channel. Really? Without without asking for anything in return, just like, look, this is what yeah, you should do, cool, cool and this dude, is how yeah. you should do it. And the right. stuff that he's told me really worked and really helped. So, okay, absolutely a uh, cool geezer, which I think you'd appreciate me <laughs> calling him a geezer. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, found, I found Chemical Airsoft because he put up a video where he, he and I think it was um, Stay Fresh Chew both went and they made this kind of video skit at the beginning okay. of the, the gameplay where they had to go in and collect this uh, like a vial of something from the chemistry labs yeah. and they made like this it was kind of like what Hidden Hedgehog does have you seen Hidden Hedgehog the paintball sniper uh no right I know it's paintball but yeah, yeah. you have you have to go and look at his content because okay. it is like the cutting edge of what airsoft content should be no so he shit. plays well, I'm he trying may- to think because that when you said that name, Hidden Hedgehog, I'm thinking um, what's it sounds called? really familiar. It sounds really familiar. FPS Magda, uh, formerly Polish Polish Airsoft girl. Yeah, uh, it's her partner. Um, so she plays that. That's where I know because I follow so, yeah. her on Instagram. No shit. Yeah, dude. Well, he's right. cool as fuck, guy. Okay. And runs those really expensive first strike rounds, and he's just basically a sniper. But what he does is he goes out and plays. And then in the edit, it makes a story from the from the game. Like oh, he usually yeah. has like a another player on the enemy team who is like, I had to hunt out, I had to counter snipe this enemy sniper who was holding down our guys. But then he goes back into the site and films cinematic B-roll. So you get like a shot of him, like a third person shot, really cinematic, moving into this position, getting into the position, getting his rifle ready, and then it cuts to the gameplay footage and you see the shot, and then. He just cuts it all together like a little mini film that oh, shit. Inter- intermittently cuts into first-person gameplay. Okay. And it is beautifully done. And, I mean, I follow a few paintball channels on YouTube because the content is really good. And he yeah. is probably the best. And he does oh, play shit. Airsoft as well. Like He's been down to National Airsoft Festival a couple of times. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah see, I, so, I, well, I'm... You know, I'm an old school paintballer, so I still yeah, like, you know, I follow a shit ton of uh, YouTube channels and Instagram pages for uh, paintball, yeah. uh, and yeah, I I've, still like watching it, so. Yeah, I spent a lot of time working in paintball, like yeah. when I was um, fresh out of uni, it was a paintball site near me that needed staff, okay. so I worked there for a few seasons until I sold it, Yeah, and it's loads of fun. I, I know a lot of people in Airsoft 
and it just rip the piss out of paintball or just dislike it just yeah. for the sake of disliking it. But right. for all intents and purposes, it's the same game. It's right. just different same, tools. Yeah, same exact game. Yeah, People have exactly the same amount of fun playing this as playing that. Right. And they come away high-fiving each other, playing Soggy Biscuit in the car quite later. You know, the usual stuff. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I used to yeah, enjoy that's... playing that. Yeah, I've actually invited a couple people on uh, that are paintballers, straight up, just no no airsoft, yeah, just paintballers. I would like to, you know, have them on and talk about it too, because that's a game that's changed uh, quite a bit over the years as well. Yeah, massively. With the fields, you know, and of course, obviously, you know, most people know, more people in the general public know about uh, paintball and have never heard of airsoft. You know, because yeah. years ago with ESPN three, like it was televised. You know, so uh, and I think it still is. But um, was, uh, what's that show called? I'm just going to Google something. Yeah, yeah. Paintball TV show. Um, I think it was like the early 2000s. Really? Right. There was this show. I was thinking about X Fire. Oh my god, dude! Google X Dash Fire TV show. Oh, I gotta check it out. And paintball. And look at the fucking paintball ones they used. It was ridiculous. So basically, it was like they were doing this kind of like Starship Troopers sort of aesthetic of these. It was like a game show. So people would just apply to go on this and they'd be given these giant, these paintball markers that were made to look like a space weapon. Yeah. And they had to go against these guys, kind of like gladiators, like American gladiators. And these, they had like characters in the uh, show who were uh, they had to fight against. I think they were all supposed to be cyborgs. Yeah. And it was so... I, I remember used to get... I'd get home from school and I'd sit down in front of the TV, watch it, and I'm like, this is amazing. This is the best. And they had like a pretend machine gun sort of thing that they'd mount on a... It was really janky head cameras as well, like old school tethered head cameras. Yeah. But it was so much fun. But it's, it's only the second best paintball thing that ever happened on UK television. The first being that episode of Biker Grove. I... Anybody, anybody <laughs> in the UK who's of that age knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. So, what, um, what is this, a, a show that you guys grew up with? Biker Grove. Um, it's a show set in Newcastle. So it's Geordie's, like where uh, Lucifer and Poison Wonder are from. Okay, yeah. And it's set around this kind of, I think it was like a, a youth club sort of thing called the Grove in a place yeah. called Biker. And there was an eclectic group of characters. The guy who ran the place, like mutton chops and a crazy mustache, looked like an absolute <laughs> fucking pedo. And there was one episode that either gave you nightmares or the lols. Oh, shit. Where they all went paintballing. And they were playing paintball. <clears throat> and it's, I watched it recently because I was making a video about the rules of Airsoft and I wanted to do... Uh, Never take your eye pro off in a game. So I used a clip from the show. That gotcha. video's taking a while to finish, but it's going to go up eventually. Okay. Anyway, PJ and Duncan, who were, without a doubt, the main characters of the show. Uh, they've yeah. gone on to have a massive, successful career. They went on to be pop singers back in the uh, 90s, oh, early 2000s. PJ and Duncan. Okay. Yeah, man. Psych. All that sort of stuff. Um, they went on to uh, become a national treasure. TV presenters and the real names are Anton Deck gotcha. and any big thing on TV, they're fucking presenting it. And nobody knows which one's Ant and nobody knows which one's Deck. No matter how many times you are told, nobody knows. It's the law. 
Uh, yeah, so they were like the staple characters in this show. And this one episode, they were playing paintball, and this guy was about to get shot in the back. And PJ, who may be Ant and or Deck, <laughs> shouted to his mate, but he ripped his mask off to shout louder. And he's like, whatever your name is, look out! And then these two girls turn around and just shrek him right in both eyes with and you see these, um, if you look at the oh. video on YouTube, the girl yeah. who played the girl in the show has uploaded it, saying that she got paid £10 to come and shoot PJ in the face. But oh. so they, she was, they were just shooting against this plastic thing in front of the camera. Oh, but anyway, okay. so they, like, shoot him, and you see, like, the, looking towards them as they shoot towards the camera. And then, like, whip pan, and you've got... PJ stood there with his greeny yellow paint just dripping down his eyes going <laughs> and that was the <laughs> horrific thing. I remember going into school a couple of days after that one. Oh my god, did you see back a grove? PJ got shot in the eyes. Anyway, we're blind for the rest of the uh, show after that. So his character then was just oh, permanently shit. permanently guided around by his mate. And it was like a absolute game changer. And that's kind of like a point where I kind of went off the show at that point and got into other yeah. stuff but yeah that I remember was the, that. Uh, the for you guys that was like the most popular like show that showed you know paintball or something like that yeah dude there was there were other stuff where it like appeared in tv shows like right. another popular one uh spaced the classic season one episode four i think it's called war spaced mm. is um you know edgar wright who did Shaun of the dead hot fuzz oh yes all those films well yeah yeah he did a series and i want to select the maybe 99 to 2000 something called Spaced. And it's got Simon Pegg in it and Nick Frost. Gotcha. The premise of the show is Simon Pegg, who plays Tim, breaks up with his girlfriend and has to find a new place to live. Daisy, who's this girl, played by... Oh, the girl who plays Tim's equivalent in Shaun of the Dead when they go down that alley and they meet each other. Okay. Anyway, her... Um, I... Jessica Stevenson, or Jessica Hines, she's called now. <laughs> she plays Daisy. Right, yeah. so Daisy is in the same thing. She's living in this kind of squat with all these guys. It's not really a proper place to live and she wants to find somewhere new. Neither of them can really afford anywhere. And they're both looking through this magazine this newspaper in a greasy spoon diner in the middle of London. And they both end up sat at the same table because nowhere else to sit. And yeah. Tim's like, Oh, can I have a look at that after you've used it? Because I'm looking for a place to live too. And they end up meeting there every day and they find the one house, that, the one flat they can move to says professional couple only. So they pretend to be a couple to get this flat. Gotcha. And it's, it's, you can see all Edgar Wright's early sort of like whip pan and crash cut sort of editing style and all the amazing sound effects and stuff he uses in all his later films okay. kind of being birthed in this show. And it's oh, really shit. good. Okay. But, Yes, I, the only thing I remember about um, Shaun of the Dead, because it's been a long time since I've seen it, the uh, the scene where he, Simon Pegg's throwing the the old vinyl records, you know, at the I was in original pressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Ah, Sade. That's Lizzie. She did dump you. <laughs> but you yeah. know what's uh, the show that um, when I was a teenager, we were in high school, me and my buddies, uh, we would, we I don't know how we found this show. Okay. I mean, there's no internet. This is fucking 1987. All right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're, uh, 
we're in my buddy's basement. We're watching, uh, and we, you know, we go down there with this is where we get drunk together and stuff before, uh, like in the morning before we go to high school. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so we're watching, uh, this, uh, I guess it was a British show or English show or something. It was, um, called the young ones. Uh, oh my no God, dude. No one's ever fucking, fucking heard of young it. Ones. You, that, you've dude, heard I of it. Grew up on this show, man. I, we loved it. Rick, it was our favorite Rick show. And Mayo. nobody here in America, we oh talked God. to people at school and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, man, the young ones, it's fucking awesome. You know, like I still remember dude, my, some episodes. <laughs> my wife's going to be driven mad later because the end, the outro credits music for that. It's just like scar sort of trumpet and sax sort of thing. And it yeah. gets stuck in my head that I'm walking about the house like. Humming it. <laughs> so she's going to get driven mad by that later. But oh, yeah, the young ones, the classic. It's um, Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson and I can't remember the other two guys. Alessia Sales in there as well. It's, it's, it's like the punk equivalent of like. Um, right. Monty Python's Flying Circus. It's like oh, okay. those guys are like a crew who made other TV shows together and made amazing comedy stuff through like the, oh, shit, the 80s okay. into the 90s. The other one that's yeah. amazing, like it's a similar kind of thing to the young ones where it's like based around a house with people living in it is Bottom. Oh, where, it's, uh, where it's Rick and um, what's he called? What's Ed Edmondson's character called in? The young ones. It's got the dude, the punk dude. He's got a. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, I can't remember his name. That's gonna ruin me now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to give it a go. Right, look it up. Look it up. I want to remember it before I get to it, though. Well, see, get... we were we were we were the kind of rebels in high school. Like we didn't. Um, as far as like we were like into punk music. We were in the Sex Pistols. Like fuck the system. Yeah, dude. Uh, you know, fuck the government kind of shit. <clears throat> And, um, so we were, yeah, we were a small group, you know, it was just three or four of us. So, yeah. It's called Vivian. Vivian. Yes. I do yeah. remember. Well, Rick and Vivian are in another show called Bottom and, uh, they play, um, Richard Richards. I think it's called Richard Richards and then Eddie Hitler. And, um, it's really fun. There's, there's bits where it's like Edward Hitler, any relation? Yes. <laughs> what <laughs> anyway so it's, it's kind of like a, a sitcom where they live in this really nasty tiny flat well tiny house yeah and uh it's just standard british 90s comedy really coarse really vulgar yeah. uh lots of dirty nasty gnarly jokes but the the rest <laughs> of the cast from the young ones make guest appearances as like dave hedgehog and oh, stuff shit. and it, it okay if you if you're a fan of the young ones, definitely go and check out Bottom. I think it went on for like maybe three or four seasons and several actual live shows that they did on stage. Yeah, and it's no so shit. funny. But yeah, those okay. two, those two are shows that I used to. Um, I've got mad tinnitus from working in the bar, and before me and my wife got married and moved in together and got a house and shit, I used to just I always had to have ambient noise to go to sleep. Otherwise, it'd just be like, mm. yeah, I'm like, the fuck is this? So I always have a TV show on just low level so I can get right. sleep and young ones, bottom, red dwarf, just any eighties to nineties British sitcom. Okay. I'd, I'd be what I'd fall asleep to. So I always like the, it's kind of ingrained subconsciously in my brain. Oh, now, sure. I guess. But well, red, we would red go dwarf. to school. We would go to school and our joke, like our inside jokes and stuff 
we would always make yeah. comments to each other, like, you know, just in the hallways or what, you know, around other people. And we would try to do this, you know, British accent or whatever. And, uh, and it, 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 you know, failed horribly, of course, but it was, uh, you know, for us, it was fun. Like it was yeah, funny, it you know, we'd, and nobody else knew, which was kind of cool that nobody else had heard of this show and we're talking about it and we're like, you know, t uh, saying the one liners from some of these shows or, you know, from that show, from some of the episodes. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. That was, uh, kind of my, you know, I guess Benny Hill and then, yeah. uh, Monty Python. <clears throat> and then for us, the young ones and, you know, Benny Hill and Monty Python, a lot of people have heard of, of course, but, uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, the young ones, they're like, what? Like nobody heard of it. Yeah. Set this thing off. Yeah. Yes. Absolute classic staple piece of British culture. Well, you said you worked in a bar or ran a bar. How did you get, uh, was that, uh, as you're obviously when you're an adult, you're, you're still playing airsoft and that kind of thing. And yeah. how did you get into, I've got uh, a really funny airsoft story about that bar. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a bit of back story on the bar if you want. Um, so place was called the attic and, um, a friend, of my parents, uh, we used to live across the road from this young couple. Uh, he, he was he, much older than me, obviously, same age as my folks. He ran the bar. The idea was it was an indie bar, so indie music, but it was a live music venue. It's called The Attic. Again, like Level 2, clever name. It's in the attic of the building. Yeah. And it was just like a long, thin bar and a big stage at one end. And it kind of like the CBGBs of Accrington mm. and yeah, just bands on every weekend. A uh, really nice, cool place to hang out. We'd always, it was second stop on our uh, drinking tour every weekend. We'd go to the Adelphi, yes. which is a starter bar. Then we'd go to the attic and then we'd go to cellar bar, which is a spiritual home of CBMPC and may or may not be what CB and CBMPC can stand for. Um, <laughs> the team named CBMPC, it's, a, it's an ongoing yeah. joke that we never actually tell anybody what it stands for. Oh, okay. Uh, somebody asked me once, and I just quoted the IT crowd, which is another classic British sitcom. Yeah. Um, oh, dude. Oh, maybe IT. Badly. You are? The, uh, what is it? The yeah. IT? The IT crowd. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Dude, I love that show. Yes. Yeah, the uh, God, what's kind of... the guy's name that um, with his hair like it's always on one side and he's it's, it's called Moss in that but it's called Rich yes. Ayoade yeah 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 say. yeah they're, they're parallel to the Mighty Bush which is another classic okay. TV show from the UK if you like the kind of IT crowd and Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and that sort of what we yeah. do in the shadows sort of weirdness okay Mighty Bush is a good good one to check out I met those guys the entire cast of them and uh, no, okay. Noel Fielding, who uh, is massively famous now for the Great British Bake Off. Um, I've got long hair again now, but I had massively long hair then as well. I was like oh, okay. skinny jeans, like 21 years old, whatever <laughs> I were. Skinny jeans, tight t-shirt, long hair. It was dark in this car park after doing a live show. And I'm like, all right, mate. And I uh, got him to sign my uh, Mighty Bush DVD. And then he kissed me. And I'm like, did you just think you were kissing in the mirror like you usually do or something there? Because you look... We've got the same hair, and uh, <laughs> it was really funny because um, I've mentioned that to loads of people before, and they're like, "Oh, you've kissed Noel Fielding." I'm like, "Not oh shit, passionately." He was just a peck, but yeah, now digressing massively there with more British TV. But back to the bar. Um, fuck, I forgot where I went. Eh? Yeah, we're talking yeah. about uh, the attic. Well, yeah, you, so you, like, you were, yeah. 
So basically, they, it was uh, we we go from Adelphi to Attic to Cellarbar, yeah. the name of the team. Um, yes, then the Attic for years, I'd just go in there as my that's my boy where I go on a weekend and <clears throat> knew the guy I think, who owned I think, it. Uh, weren't you just about to tell me the um, what the initials stood for for your team? No, I wasn't going to tell you. But oh, I thought was, you were I was make, to tell me. I was making a joke about it. <laughs> big reveal. <laughs> Not a big reveal. I, <laughs> somebody asked me when I did a Q&A on my channel, and yeah. I quoted Jen from the IT crowd. Um, I can't remember the exact quote now, but she's applying for a job at another place as the head of IT. Yeah. And the woman who's interviewing her said, I, I know it's a stupid question, but I've always wanted to ask it, but what do the letters IT actually stand for? And she's like, fuck. She's like, you can see where she's like, she, I don't she actually didn't know. know. <laughs> and she's like, oh, what doesn't it stand for? It stands for, and she does this whole thing. And she's like, no, the letters IT. And she's like, I, I need to wee. And she just runs off. So I did that in the whole skit. And just, I remember that episode. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because she was all fed up with work and where she's at. And she's like, I'm yeah. going to get this other job, whatever. And that was funny, dude. Jen. Yeah. Her boss was always like, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude okay. another thing and the one thing that i can remember that's in my phone as well that i'll never forget from the it crowd is when they changed the number from 999 to 0118999811997 oh fuck i forgot it <laughs> ruined it ruined it <laughs> i can only do it if i sing it as 0118999881999712533 <laughs> so if you need to ring an ambulance and you can't remember the number, you can give me a shout and I'll help you. Oh man, thank you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the the bar. Um, I basically my best mate, who's got my name tattooed on his wrist. That's oh, sure. love for you right there. Yeah. Um, I, I have no idea why he did that. He just turned up one day. He got terror tattooed on that wrist because he's mean, got a terror wrist. That's what you do when you're drunk. Okay. I don't. I don't think he was drunk. <laughs> And then he's got my name and a star. Oh, sure. So, um, yeah, I think I think he did that because I've got a star just here as well. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, and some Clash lyrics. But, okay. Oh, the Clash, bro. Yeah, the Clash, dude, yeah. Dude, it's, I mean, yeah, we could, anyway, we could talk for hours on uh, on all this, this kind of stuff because that's, you know, I grew up with, uh, that was what I was into, you know, the punk stuff, so, yeah. Yeah, dude. Okay. Yeah, so he was the manager at the bar for a long time. Oh, basically, if you, it was like a coming-of-age thing when we were like all like 19 to 22 that you had yeah. to work at the attic for a little bit. Oh, okay. So most of the kids, the young like indie kids in the scene, had worked in the bar, on the bar, or just glass collected or whatever in there. And then it, there was a, it went to like peak because they did the whole place up. They gutted it and redid it, and it absolutely peaked as the nightlife capital of, of the area it was amazing nice. it was packed to capacity every night and they were rammed and they needed somebody to work the bar yeah so my mate smith is like he just rang me up one day he's like do you reckon have you ever worked on a bar before i'm like nope he's like do you reckon you can do i'm like of course and i just turned up and started working there and i was there all the way through uni all the way through college all the way through uni for like seven years even when i graduated uni and i was working as a photographer like initially when i first got out of uni i, was, I worked teaching photography oh, which okay. was absolutely direction change it was amazing 
but <laughs> I was still doing weekends at the bar and then trying to run a business as well. It, was, it ended up being way too much and I had to quit the bar. But gotcha. in the end, Smithy left to pursue his career choice and everybody left. The guy who owned the place sold the bar. So the landlord who owned the building didn't want the building to sit empty. So we hired me as the manager of the bar to run it as the whole business. So for oh, a few years, I was like in charge of the whole thing. Right. And it's way too much to take on at the time, same time as teaching a bunch of 14-year-olds photography and trying to run a business and that. But it was a really amazing part of my life. Well, did you have to, when uh, when you became that position, like, did you, was the bar still running at this point? Or yeah. did you have to go in and, like, find a new person to, like, you know, be there and run it? And well, So basically, we had bar staff. We had a DJ, door staff, everything you needed to run it. But I had to turn up, open up, go oh. and sort out stock, just do all the managing of the thing. So I was just oh, there shit. to make sure it ran. Right. So I was, like, yeah. in charge of little uh, staff and stuff. And there's... I got to do one of my dream things while I was there. Really quiet night on the bar. And there was a point in Aki history where all the feeder bars that people used to go to before it was closed down. So people were going out of town. And then by the time we were open, there were nobody to come. So it like mm. gradually died off. And so I was on the bar, four or five people in, super quiet. We'd only just opened. This guy comes in, orders a drink or whatever, give it to him. He wasn't happy. And he starts talking to me about it. And I say, look, dude, there's nothing I can do about that. This is your issue, whatever, whatever. He goes, can I speak to the manager? And I said, yeah, sure thing. So I backed off. Turned, the bar was set up. So like, you walk into the bar and turn, you walk into the door and turn right. It's just running along the entire, well, half the length of the bar. Right. And there's like a little kitchen area that you can't quite see from outside. So I walk into the kitchen area, put on my jacket, zip it up. Put on a hat, walk out, and go, Hey, you're the manager. How can I help you? And he's like, You're just the same guy in a hat. I'm, no, I'm, I'm the manager. Just deadpan, straight face looking at him. He's like, what? And it's fucked him up completely because he was about to, like, go, That lad you've got working here is a dickhead. You should fire yeah. him. But he was like, The fuck is this place about? I don't. And he drank up and left anyway. So it was yeah, good oh laugh. Oh, my God. But we used to do shit like that all the time. Like there were, Yeah. There was um, a dude who just kept standing on the bar every night. And he drove me mad. So I just, I'd get the soda hose and just jet spray him down. And he'd have to <laughs> oh, leave so like he pissed himself. And uh. I, could, I, I could do a whole podcast on the stupid stuff, the disgusting things. I could tell you the whole history and lineage of what we called the fingering couch. Oh, shit. I'm not going into that right now. That's horrendous. Well, <laughs> listen, uh, speaking of that, I'll tell you what. We should definitely do a, another podcast where you go over some of the stuff that you're talking about, and especially with that bar. Do you have pictures, like, inside got, or, this, you know, Do you remember when um, Do you remember earlier when I talked about the stacks of DVDs? And oh, there yeah. was a bar that I did photography yeah. for, and I've got, that's them. I've oh, got, dude. Because I've we could do. thousands on, and thousands of pictures. We can do on on uh, the Discord call. You know, you can uh, share the screen, right? Yeah. Uh, I could have and, shared the map, the thingy map of all the. Yeah, uh, you know, you can share the screen. You can, we could talk about those, you know, those stories, whatever, and then have these pictures pulled up. Yeah, dude. Uh, that'd be fun, man. That would be fun. Definitely. Okay, so, so you work, you manage this bar for a while. 
So um, and, uh, before I was managing it, when yeah. Smithy was still managing it, one of my friends, Jimmy D, who, if you've listened to the later episodes of my podcast, is the co-host on there. Okay. Um, okay. Who's kind of gone AWOL at the minute, is busy with his own life. Um, yeah. I have no idea where the fuck he is right now. <laughs> oh, um, shit. He wanted, this is back in, what was still at SWAT Park Gate, uh, SWAT Sites and Camp, which, okay. in my opinion, is the best urban site that's ever existed in the UK, aside from Dragon Valley, Boys Village, yeah. Rip in Peace. Oh, shit. Pour, pour, <laughs> pour one out. <laughs> yeah, so um, he wanted to come play Airsoft. He'd never played Airsoft before. Yeah. I'd never been shot. And I said, look, dude, we're going on Sunday. On Saturday night, I'm closing up the bar. So what I'll do... If you want to come on Saturday, but you, you wanted to be shot first to make sure you wanted to know about it. Right. You, know, you wanted to know if he was up for a bunch of guys just lighting him up. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll bring some pistols down. I'll bring enough eye protection for everybody. We'll close the bar. We'll turn all the lights on, smoke machine and shit. And we'll have some pistol games in the bar. So oh, it's like 3.30 in the morning. We've closed up. We've mopped up and shit. The floor's slippy as fuck. It's a horrendous idea. All the lights are on, all the lasers, smoke machine. But for this, you need to know the layer of the bar. But it, it's kind of, like I said, it's a long, yeah. long thing. There's a, you come up some stairs, like three or four flights of stairs, and then you're at the entrance. As you walk in, the bar is on the right. Eating area is all down the left. The VIP raised seating area was yeah. there. The stage at this time was off to the right. And then there was a door on the left, parallel to the stage, where the fingering couch was. If you go down some steps, that takes you to the staff area and the toilets. Right near the entrance to the, the actual bar proper is an entrance, an exit onto the smoking area. So we came up with this idea. We get a brush and shovel, like a sweeping dustpan and brush thing. That was the objective. That's in the middle of the bar. First person to get it and get it to the other person's starting point wins. Yeah. Smithy is in the smoking area. I'm on the stairs. Jimmy D is... By the toilets. So we're all, we've all got our own little starting areas, and there were our respawn points. <clears throat> I had my friend's Western Arms Infinity practical pistol. Six-inch, fully-tuned, high-capper build, basically. Oh, nice. And way too hot to be using for this kind of thing. But <laughs> he wanted to shoot in, and I thought, why not? Why, why introduce him with something lightweight when you can just murder him? You know, standard <laughs> stuff. So I've got this high-capper. like. They weren't called hack covers back then. It was Infinity. Okay. So I've got that. I think Jimmy D had like a Glock 26, Glock 27, tiny little thing. And Smithy had another random Glock. Smithy's only ever played once before as well. But oh, he, he knew what to do. He put some goggles right. on. Then he took his hoodie off, put it over, tied it into like a bandana. Uh, so he's like this. He's protected. I've got my full face pro on. Jimmy yeah. D has just got paintball, like a paintball mask, but without the face plate Oh, on. yeah. Without the bottom. Yeah. So we're all explaining to it. Jimmy D's shot a few rounds off. He knows what he's doing. I'm like, right, we'll shout three, two, one, game on, and then we'll push on this brush and shovel. Right. So I go three, two, one, game on, and then I'm just, I've got my pistol up. Let's get my uh, get my high capper up. So I'm like aiming at Jimmy D, where he's going to pop himself out from. Oh, and then shit. he just does one of these, and just his head comes out. Yeah. So I fire a single shot. And it just sails in perfectly. Hits his front tooth. Oh. And his front tooth just disappears. Oh, God. 
and it's like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> and you were whistling like that pedo block on um, Family Guy. Like, <laughs> when he's talking, it was hilarious. Just shot my two, shot my two. Yeah. Because we've been shooting, like we've done some target shooting in there before. You want and there's a pop, BBs yeah. Hey, boss. <laughs> there's, there's BBs everywhere already. Oh, my God. And Smith is pissing himself laughing. and he's got this laugh he does that's just like level 11. And he's <laughs> he's laughing because he's like, Jimmy D's lost his tooth. This is fucking hilarious. And he runs over and he's like, look, he's like, is this BB? Is he picking up BB? <laughs> taking the piss? And Jimmy's like, no, it's gone. It is dissolved. I've swallowed it. There's no oh, tooth left. I'm like, oh, so he, he's still due to come airsoft in four hours. We're going at like seven in the morning. Oh, shit. So I'm like, what do you want to do? Do you want, we can, like, you can come another week if you want. Uh, what, and he goes, no, I'm still coming. So fucking props to him. He Damn. still came the next day and played a full day of urban airsoft. Yeah. In, with the best site in the country. And then went and got his tooth fixed the next week. It was going to cost him so much for dental work. So he went oh, to this yeah. place where they have student dentists, and oh, he got shit. a he got a student dentist to fix it. Right. He didn't have to pay. Oh, that's Brilliant. yeah, because they're they're uh, yeah. they're practicing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's we've got three of those stories shooting people's teeth out. One of them a backyard oh, game God. where Des had a stereo TMP, and he grabs plumber. We used to play in Des's back garden as well. This is after we'd grown out of my back garden. Gotcha. Desert background was massive. Uh, there were dog poo landmines. If you stood in a dog shit, you were out. That counts as a hit. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was massive. So we were just using pistols. We used pistols, AGs. Des had his TMP. And he grabbed Plummer. We were in an LA assault vest. Grabbed him through the back of the vest. Put his TMP underneath Plummer's arm like this. Human shield! Human shield! And he's just dragging him about. And Plummer couldn't do anything because he's. Des is a much bigger guy. Yeah. He's got his arm through him, and it was fucking. He's just like <laughs> with his TMP. Oh my god, that's crazy! And Shorty, who, who, he, he I think this is one of his first, first games as well. He just yeah. leans out and just cops a mouthful of rounds from this TMP and takes his front <laughs> tooth out. And it was the same thing. Yeah, we're all laughing our ass off, picking up BBs. Like, oh, is this your tooth? Is this your tooth? But karma. At Elite Fire Zone, Plummer had Desi's, I think it was Desi's MP5, or it might have been his MP5K at that point. We swapped guns between the two, bought and sold to each other. So right. this gun had been like, for, I owned it for a little bit as well. So, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so it was a Tokyo Murray MP5K, and it was doing 185 feet per second. It was terrible. Oh, but God. it worked, and it's still the BBs using Tokyo Murray Fairy Dust Magic just floated out there. <laughs> so slow, but they got there. Right. We were on Hamburger Hill. I've got another good story about that place, which is this tiny little hill with a box on top of it that, like, maybe two people could fit in. Yeah. Des was over on the um, the plateau. There's, like, a big valley with a stream in it and all sorts. It's, like, 35, 40 meters away. Okay. And Des is like, yeah, you bastard. Yeah. That's a swear word in the UK for American references. That means fuck you. This is? Yeah, that means fuck oh, you. Oh, really? I, I, I always love it when Americans, yeah, peace, my friend, peace. I'm like. Yeah, I, I was just going to say we do that, yeah. I'm walking down the street, a street in Manhattan, and you know them, um, like rap artists who want to sell you a CD in, in Times right. Square. I'm like, hey, yo, check this shit out. This is my gangster rap right here, brother. I'm like, 
Dude, I listen to the fucking Ramones and that. I'm not really into it. I like the Wu-Tang Clan. They're all right, but I don't want your CD. And he's like, oh, check it out. You're on MTV. Hidden camera right up there. What are you going to say? And I'm like, to the camera. You know, you there's that. no cameras. And he's like, yeah, peace. I'm like, this doesn't mean peace where I'm from, my guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so glad you. you told me, dude, because I swear, like, yeah, that, uh, I'm, I might have done that. that so. I might have done that with uh, Kicking Mustang. I, I, I don't even know because lately, we, I, you know, sometimes I'll just wave like, hey, see you, you know, whatever, have a good night. Uh, but, you know, and then lately I'm, I'm like, hey, peace, you know, whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I'm, dude, like I'm British people it. understand that it's only British right, people right. who that works for. Right. From what I know, it comes from when we were murdering French people back in the days when longbows were cool as fuck. <laughs> and British archers would use these two fingers to uh, – yeah obviously finger blast. Right. And allegedly when the French would capture British long bomb and they just cut those two fingers off. Oh, right. So then the fucks, they can't do the job, can they? Yep. So when the British would capture the French, you'd be like, ah, you can't. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm going to start doing that around here. I'm yeah, going to make it a trend around here. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> That'd have been really confusing. It's like a ambivalent sort of thing. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, but peace. Yeah, peace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, the the karma happened with this MP5K because Bummer okay. was just firing pop shots off at Des forty meters away while Des is like, "Yeah, you're not gonna what? Tooth straight out. Oh, 185 shit. feet per second or whatever it was, floating out to him. So it must have been doing like a foot per second as it hit him. And I mean, maybe went. it had a maybe it had a backwind or what? You know, yeah, dude. <laughs> classic British backwind. Oh shit, that's crazy though. Because uh, I, you know, I've seen all these videos where people get you know BB stuck in their cheek or their chin, mm. and uh, of course the tooth getting knocked out. Um, it is, uh, but I, I didn't think it was that common. And you have, you know, it's not that common. It isn't that common and now. Just... And your group, you've got what three? three. Three of us, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. So I, 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 when I used to marshal, uh, when we used to run the CQB site, we used to play full auto indoors, CQB. The, the maximum engagement distance was about 35, 40 feet. Wow. It was absolutely tiny. And we're full playing auto. Floor. I was marshalling just wearing shooting glasses, and I would get the shit shot. I've got a picture of me somewhere with like my lips fat here, my lips fat oh, here. I've got sure. like welts up here. And I'm like, I don't know how I didn't lose any teeth by then. It's ridiculous. My teeth are bad enough as it is. I don't even get shot. I mean, you just like pain. Well, I mean, I, I like just being able to wear shooting glasses and not have to. Like, I, I can't <laughs> sleep properly. But yeah, now, since since then, I've I've worn face protection since, like, of some kind. I've, I don't think I've got my mask with me down. I think it's in a loft. Well, a lot of guys here, they'll do, uh, when they go to these mill sims or something like that, where they're, you know, they, uh, if they don't want to wear the full face thing, they'll wear the goggles and then they wear a mouth guard, you know, like in football, yeah. they'll wear that. Yeah, yeah. Even now, I'm not too keen for peeing on being shot in the face anymore. No you know, shit, right. things in it. But I mean, like, if you've got your rifle up, you've got some protection. Yeah. But like, if you, if you don't, it's just not worth it. <laughs> I mean, I know like, um, the GMR guys, they're pro no face protection. Same like the Task Force Neptune guys, like like Panex and uh, and Tiny, they're definitely like a big no go for lower face protection. Oh, they okay. kind of they they they've got a really interesting mindset where they're all into jujitsu, and they 
kind of take it as a training tool. So it's like it's training for if you have a need to use your real world firearm right. in a situation where you've got to defend yourself, yeah. you're using this. It's training. So if you're doing it in real life, you're not going to have a fucking paintball mask and go around a yeah. corner. And yeah. it's, they're talking about respecting your training partner. So if like I can, I've, I've talked with them about this in the past where like when I'm wearing a full face pro, I don't give a fuck about going in that room. Yeah. The worst that can happen is maybe get shot at the tip of my fingers or I take one to the mummy daddy button, whatever, you know. <laughs> but I'm I'm in that my face, my teeth are fine. Yeah. I'm going in that room, no factor. I've, I'm like my head's protected, so I'm not getting shot up there. I'm like it's yeah. good. And sometimes you don't think before you run in, you're just like, fuck it, it's not gonna hurt. But if you've got something Right. To say, actually, no, this might Changes be a bad idea. Mindset. I don't want you're those not as, You're not as cavalier when you're exactly. uh, more exposed, right? So, exactly. it so it's think... more real life. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, there's some games where maybe that is a good idea. But yeah. like at level two and other really close CQB sites, it's, it's, it's kind of speed QB. They have a speed soft thing set up there as well. Yeah. And it's even just in the CQB thing, it is if you don't move fast, you're dead. Yeah. So you've got to just be entering rooms, kicking in doors, throwing in frags, and just moving and moving and moving. So you're right. going to get one in the face at some point. Yeah, so yeah. face pro, it's got to be. For but sure. I mean, in, wood, in woodland sites, maybe just a balaclava would work. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I brought this thing, MP5 in the way. Well, do you brought, have, uh, are you guys, have you heard of uh, Lone Star Tactical? The face pro. Yeah. Thing. I think, um, there's a, a company in the UK that does something. Re- is that like a balaclava that goes to about there and it's got mesh just here? Yep. Yeah, there's a couple of companies in the UK that do something really similar. Okay. Because so, somebody I talked with, it might have been one of the girls uh, months ago, either Alex Hillary or Lucifer or somebody told me about them. And uh, they, uh, you know, I've been following their channel or their Instagram since. But um, so, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, cool idea cool alternative um and i guess they recently came out like within the last few months came out with uh the style that covers your nose as well yeah i'm just looking for i think it's called delta mic or alpha mic delta mic mm. that sounds more like it yeah delta mic face pro it's this company that makes it in the uk there are a couple oh, okay. of others as well and um, whether you're in all kinds of different colors where it's a big bit of mesh that kind of goes up to here right and uh then got a really breathable balaclava or a right. sort of thing that i bought one of them uh okay. so I, I use a jetty elite radar paintball mask that i've cut down to all the shit that covers your ears and yeah super low profile now so it's just what i mean oh, okay right oh it doesn't look cool does it like when you when you're trying to get shots for instagram as well mid-game trying to look operate yeah. as fuck Paintball mask just throws the whole thing off. So I, I got some, <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of the stuff's still in the loft. Some really cool um, new goggles. I can't remember mm. the name now. Uh, but I wanted some lower face pro. I've tried all sorts. I've tried the One Tigris mm. T-Fard, yep. I think it was called, face okay. pro. But I've had my nose broken four times, and it is knackered right here. Yeah. And... That first pro just digs into it. So after 10 minutes, I'm like, I got to take this shit off. Yeah, mine's the same. I've, I've yeah. had mine broken as well. Yeah, it's it's an it's, it's an issue. 
<laughs> yeah, I did. So uh-huh. I've tried so many different face pros to actually be able to work with that. I should. Yeah. Another big thing I hate is that I just didn't go to the hospital and get that fixed because it wouldn't be an issue now. I'd be able to wear some really cool looking face pro. But I found this thing through um, MB Ghost Mask. Yeah. MB Tactical. Um, I found it through Airsoft Camman. There's another really cool oh, okay. UK content creator. So it's a really cool sort of like neck, what they call it, like a face mask sort of thing. So that's the front. Gotcha. So it's high rise at the back, so it kind of goes quite right. high. But then uh-huh. the actual protective part is upstairs in my kit bag, but it has a separate mesh thing. So you can wear this just as it is. Okay. And then the mesh covers all of it up above the bridge of your nose. Down mm. here, the same sort of places where a paintball mask would cover. But it, right. you can make it form-fitting to your face. Oh, that's And you cool. can just drop it in to that. Right. So I've been testing that out. I haven't fielded it yet, but I've been wearing it about the house, looking okay. cool. Have you done yeah. a video on your YouTube channel on that stuff yet? Not yet. I'm, I'm going to put together a, a video of all the different face protection okay. ideas that I've, I've tried. Because I've got, I've got the one tiger. The one with the pants? Yeah, dude, I, that's an ongoing series that I'm doing called The Pants Party. Oh. Because uh, I work, when I worked uh, in photography, I've worked in fashion for years. Okay. And a bit of a fashionista. So um, I've been, basically, I, if there's something cool in Airsoft, like cool bit of gear, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's looking alley as fuck. I need to wear that. Yeah, so I'll buy some right. pants, and I'm like, yeah, these are really cool. These are really cool, but they're also really cool. Look at that pattern over there, Desert Nightbreed. <laughs> Got to get in fact, talking about Desert Nightbreed. Look at this stuff. Just digressing again, bit of fabric. You know Desert Night Camo, Desert Nightbreed? Oh, wow. So th- this is tan-dominant Desert Nightbreed. So rather than being that? green. Is that a big flag? Fabric. Even... Oh, just okay, big. just a big sheet of fabric. Yeah, because I, um, I do a lot of my own gear making. So you'll so cut make, that out and do, like, make some... Yeah, like, like this. Like this plate carrier. Yeah. I made that from scratch. What? So that... Well, it came from Dude. years ago. My mum taught me how to sew. Okay. And I was like, this is cool as fuck. Sewing is cool. And I've been making, like, little pouches and shit for stuff that I've needed over the years. Holy shit. Uh, but then the pattern that this is, you see it better just there, is... British Peacock Hybrid DPM. I'm a big okay. DPM fan. Um, this was the intermediate pattern, a, a trial pattern, when they were getting rid of what we call Queen's Played, but we maybe should call King's Played now. God rest the Queen. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, when they were getting DP, getting rid of DPM and going yeah. for the MTP, which is the multi-train pattern, which is if DPM and multicam had a dirty night out, and you know, uh, that's that's what happened. Um, they were doing a, a whole bunch of trials, which were called Peacock P E C or C personal equipment, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so, I don't know either. So, yeah, there's there's hundreds, well, not hundreds of patterns, there's a whole heap of different transitional patterns where they okay. went from looking pretty much like DPM to looking more like MTP and stuff like that in different colorways. And uh, the same with this helmet cover on here, I made, made that in Peacock. Okay. So this hybrid DPM is the one that I like the best. It's kind of like, hmm. it's like desert DPM, but with browns and greens and more color tones in it. It's a, a really nice aesthetic pattern. Yeah. 
So uh, I wanted a plate carrier in it. And you can get gear in it from the trials, from the CS95, whatever trials. But it's the old school British vest and it is dog shit. It is the uh. worst. So, and they're really massively expensive and a lot of them are damaged and just in like oh, large right. sizes. Yeah. And being a fucking hobbit myself, um, <laughs> like it just doesn't work. So, yeah, yeah with this, um, I had a Viper Buckle Up VX plate carrier, uh, which is kind of like a copy of the Spiritus uh, LV, <laughs> that plate carrier. Um, so, basically, I just dismantled everything from the Viper plate carrier, just drew, turned it inside out, drew a a plan for it and then yeah. put it together. So it's modular. I've used this Cumberbund Viper. The hardware on it's from Viper, so it's compatible with my other Viper plate carrier. Yeah. So yes, I've made like five of these now. Oh um, my God. Just in, just in different patterns like this. There's a camo pattern that's getting a resurgence at the minute that I've been single-handed. Well, I thought I was single-handedly trying to make it cool as fuck. But yeah. Americana, Americana Pipe Dream they got hold of a big bunch of surplus store in the US. Okay. Um, they got hold of a big bunch of it, started like pushing it, and everybody started memeing on it. And then administrative, uh, fuck's sake, administrative results, admin, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a big YouTuber. Yep. He watched them in a video. Okay. Yeah, dude. So uh, I've been a big fan of this camel pattern for ages. I've got a shirt in it, um, mint condition. It's a fucking beautiful shirt. But um, yeah, so I made this plate carrier in Omani Orange DPM. Oh shit! <laughs> wow, absolute absolute meme camo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, dude. But have you uh, now? Do you make some of these and sell them online? I don't because I'm not really comfortable with the level of quality of these for the price okay. that I have to sell them for. Because this, this, I'm I'm going off. Every one that I've made is slightly different. So I'm still kind of fine tuning the design, like the the peacock one. It is yeah. basically the shape is an exact copy of the Viper, what it curves in at the top. Uh-huh. But it, I'm not happy with the fit. The neck area is really small because of that. Oh, so with okay. this one, I just made it straight. So yeah. the actual this area is much easier to uh-huh. get it hidden and out of. But I've found some other issues that I'm not happy with on this plate carrier that on the next one, which is going to be in Desert Nightbreed, Tam oh, Dominant cool, Camo. Dude. Have you seen yeah, those but, uh, those ones called uh, mini maps? Yeah, dude. Um, because uh, somebody I never heard of them. I never yeah. heard of them. And somebody I talked with, yeah, the, he's a fanatic like about Desert them. Tiger mini map. Yeah, um, uh, but, the guy I talked with, uh, suck my cry, is his. Uh, yeah, dude. His Instagram. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, well, the, the original mini maps were yeah. modified by Ronnie from GMR Green Mountain Rangers. Okay. They used to use the standard map pack, like the modular assault packs. Yeah. But they're just too big. They're really big on your back and really uh-huh. clunky. So we, he actually has a video on his channel showing how to modify a map into a mini-map. Okay. So you basically just cut it, fold it, and then stitch it back together. Yeah. And you remove, like, maybe six inches of stuff uh-huh. off the bottom and make the mini-map. Yeah. But then he made an actual product called the mini-map. And then improved upon it a couple of times and has made basically it's like a super Gucci fashion item. That right. They, they make it and then people pay $300 for it. Right. And they're, so, and then, well, not only that, when they're, uh, you know, they, they put out a, a very, very limited 
yeah. high of them for that particular like uh, camo or yeah. something or whatever you know that that style. So, so. I, when when they released the, uh, I'm my, one of my favorite camo patterns is Desert Tiger, mm. and uh, they they did a drop with Desert Tiger, and I'm like, oh dude, three hundred dollars though plus postage and then tax uh-huh. coming into the UK to be like a four hundred dollar bag. I cannot warrant that. <laughs> so there's a guy in the Ukraine in Ukraine called uh, Roman Kermas. And he has a group on Facebook called Replica Lindner. That word, I can't say it. That tactic. Basically, it makes okay. replica cries. And oh. they call for different cries. You can get them in any color you want. Yeah. So I've got a pair in Flectone, like five, five and times Flectone. Yeah. And uh, it does all sorts of colors. Um, I want to get in to make some in uh, Oman DPM. But given where he is in the world right now, um, current situation right. means he isn't open for business. But... As well as like cry and all sorts of weird stuff, it makes mini maps. Oh, so shit. I asked him if he had any canvas or Cordura Desert Tiger fabric, and he said yeah, and he made that for me, which was uh, ninety. So oh, shit. okay. And um, it's it's basically an exact copy of the Gen Two GMR mini map. Yeah. And this is my like everyday bag that I take around with me. Okay. Which is it's got. This uh, TRC outdoor, extra little bit of cool gear in there in desert night yeah. grid. This is um, Ciozo shirt from uh, TRC Outdoors, British okay. veteran, British veteran-owned company. The Ciozo nice. shirt apparently was a shirt that Paris used to make in the Second World War out of the parachutes. Oh, so they were made out of parachute silk. It's just a super lightweight, windproof yep. thing you can throw over. Yeah, and uh, he makes them in. Desert night grid, so what? Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah, never. It stays never in there. It's like a if it's raining or whatever. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Okay. Yeah. Airsoft is just a fashion show, isn't it, dude? It's oh, so it is. And, well, there's so many different. This is what's interesting to me, and, and this is why I'm really excited about uh, meeting all these different I'm people. Being shouted off by a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, uh, just that's what happens. Oh yeah, we're good, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we could. You're, you've got a very interesting story, a very interesting background, and in yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you've got a very interesting story. Uh, a lot of a lot of cool stuff in your background, and uh, obviously, um, I, you know, I like hearing about it. And there's some similar, you know, the young ones, like you know, yeah, uh, you know, the Ramones. I mean, I, I just uh, there's a lot of things I'm. Uh, we could talk for a while more because I still have some questions, yeah. but, uh, you know, most of the time when I have people on, we'll talk for a good hour, hour and a half, and I still have questions for them, but I don't, you know, I'm not trying to get everything all in one. You know, this, that's not what you do in real life. If you and I met in, in person uh, and we got Let's on this subject, have a chat, and we were just um, like, we're drinking yeah. or somewhere, you know. Uh, yeah, and we're just standing. Here. You're not going to stand there for four hours, ask every single question. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's just not how it happens in real life. And that's how I treat these. Is hey, you know, we'll just talk about what we talk about, and then uh, I I usually end up having people on again. You know? Yeah. Or I, seen, you you have your own podcast. I would yeah, dude. come on yours. You I've, know? Um, I've seen in your uh, your list. I've, I've got in uh, Apple Podcasts like. About twenty of your episodes backed up to uh, listen through. Yeah, pardon me, and I see a few of them are the same person that's come back. So I'll. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, definitely. There's, uh, there's say, always uh, an open invite to you if you want to come on the uh, absolutely. Podcast. 
<laughs> for sure. Yeah. So how did, so before, before we get off here, what, um, so your YouTube channel name is, uh, the one Magaz. you sent me today. YouTube.com slash Magaz, M-A-G-A-Z. It's like magazine, but without the E. Oh, okay. Is that, uh, is that your name? Yeah, it is. It's, um, oh, it's been my, my nickname. It's been my nickname since, uh, primary school. Well, not primary school, since, uh, early secondary school. Okay. So, um, I, I don't know what, um, grade that would be equivalent to in the U.S., but, uh, yeah. Maybe like 12, Young. 13 years old. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, but yeah and then uh, how, did you, how did you come up around. with uh, the balls deep? Because I love the, the the play on words with it, with the, uh, you know, the air is soft. Oh, yeah. Balls are deep. <laughs> yeah, that, balls that, are hard um, or something. Yeah, maybe soft, but our balls are hard. That came from, yeah. I was talking with a paintballer, and it's, he was taking a piss out of airsoft. And I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, well, the air is soft. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the air might be soft, but our balls are hard. I didn't say it as, like, cool as I say it in the end of the uh, no. show anything, but just that. Like, literally, they're hard yeah, the compared to paintballs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. Okay. Well, where can yeah. – uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Where uh, where can everybody find you online? Yeah, you can you can find me – if you search Magaz and Airsoft – you'll either get a bunch of airsoft mid, mid cap magazines for sale on Amazon or something, or you'll find my YouTube and Instagram. Uh, YouTube is just youtube.com slash my uh, Cause I was lucky to uh, jump on Instagram in 2006 and you could just get a username straight after your thing. Then you didn't have to have a funny about to get a, get your username at the end. <clears throat> um, Instagram, it is Magaz actual. I wanted Magaz on there, but, some fucker stole my gas before Damn I could it. get it. Fuck so, those dudes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so I'm my gas actual. Like the play on the, the radio chatter thing in it. Right. Yeah. So um yeah. And then your podcast. The, 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 the podcast is called Balls Deep, but the right. you can find it on anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, there's a YouTube yeah. channel as well. You just search B Deep Pod. Um we sort of chose a slightly censored version for the URL and for everything for the handle. Oh, so gotcha. it might draw more people in rather than, cause it's, it's one of them names in it where like, oh, balls deep. Cause that a bunch of lads talking about, you know, so and shit. don't, don't get mixed up. There is a podcast. There is another podcast called balls deep and it's about football, like British football. Um, I, I saw that because I searched right? it when I, when I yeah. met you, I searched it and, uh, and I was like, what is this podcast? That's not the right one. Yeah, search Balls Deep and Airsoft in any of the, like, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Yep. It'll come up. And um, we've only got about 36 episodes, and we make you wait about six months between episodes just to build up that hype and anticipation. There you go. Yeah. Yep. We started in, like, 2015, and in, back in 2015, it started me and Des were down at the studio photographing some stuff, uh, photographing some of his guns. Mm. And I had the Zoom down there. I'm like, dude, have you ever wanted to do a podcast? And he's like, yeah. And we just sat with the zoom like handheld in front of us I, in right. fact, it was on the t- it was on the table for the first one and we're like oh shit banging the table <laughs> right. the, the first few are really bad audio i addressed this with my introduction to them in the beginning like look sorry about the shit audio it gets better as it goes along unless it's in a car and then it gets shit but yeah so it just kind of grew from there from 2015 we we had a core group where we used to do do them all the time and then okay. People moved away, people got jobs, people got kids, and we just don't have the time to... So we like to do them in person if we can. 
Gotcha. When we had the, when I had the main studio, we'd sit down there, proper right. podcast mics. We'd live stream it as well, and mm. yeah, people used to tune into the live streams because they used to like me because I, I I haven't drank in like twelve years now, and I'm yeah. sober. One of my friends, my yeah. friends, the co-hosts would be getting absolutely hammered next to me, <laughs> and I'm trying to herd these cats and keep them on topic, <laughs> and the one that always comes back to me. We had an ASG Scorpion Evo, yeah. And I'm I'm sponsored by ICS. Oh, and okay. right, right. That's yeah, I, your videos. Yeah, ICS are partly distributed in the UK through ASG. So I was working closely with ASG by then, and we're doing this live stream, and I'm going to be talking about this event we're going to and this tour that we're doing with ASG called the No Photos Tour, where we take the ICS stand and everything around to all these different sites and big events. And we're doing a live stream. We did a recorded version of the podcast that went up in the stream. And then we did a live stream for everybody to join in because they always yeah. just get a bit shit show. But Des was my co-host on this and he was drinking, um, we have, what's that fucking fake rum called? Captain Morgan's. He's drinking <laughs> Morgan's Spice. How dare out you? Out the bottle. That's real was... <laughs> rum. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. So he was drinking that out the bottle and... The recorded podcast, he was fine, but by the time we got to the, the live stream, there was like this much left in the bottle, and he was drunk. And he's going on about how he prefers. He, he made this good discussion in the actual recorded podcast about how he prefers an MP5 over the Scorpion Evo based on this, 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 and this. The Scorpion Evo, he shot it. Really fucking good gun. But he wouldn't get have it. He'd rather have a classic, the MP5. Right. And uh, Anyway... If that came out on the live stream, which ASG were in the chat watching because we were talking about the thing, it's sort of, I'm Scorpion Evos, we pile of shite. Have you, you felt Look at this, look at this. Fucking <laughs> thing, look at that. Who the fuck made this shite? And I'm like, I'm sat there like, fucking hell. And we have a, another guy who was monitoring the comments and like talking for us in the comments and yeah. he's dming uh paul from asg like i'm really sorry he wasn't talking like this earlier he was being <laughs> very happy and very nice about the evil when he fired it he loved it he's just very drunk right now so i had to do like a i'm sorry look dude des is really fucking drunk the evil is a really solid platform if you take a look at this if it comes out of the box with a mosfet inside it electronic so i had to basically sell to oh shit Fix things a little bit. But right. Yeah, um, oh, I like funny. the Evo. <laughs> uh, good. Yep. <laughs> we'll make sure we'll, we'll put that in there. Yeah, yeah the Evo is pretty cool. <laughs> I, do, I do prefer my MP5, though. I keep shutting that off. Yeah, right. Um, my, my CQ beast. But yeah, Evo is good. MP5 there. <clears throat> well, listen, man, it's been uh, it's been great talking with you. I'm, I'm really glad we got to meet. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been rad, as they say. Uh, in the eighties, um, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah. We'll definitely do an, another one. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, we'll actually maybe try and talk airsoft a little more. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go on that side story about telling you how my uh, YouTube channel started. Uh -uh. TLDR, TLDR is I was using another service called Zippy Videos, dog shit for uploading skateboard videos. Oh uh, shit! It's a, a long story about this old skate community online where we used to play games of skate over the internet and we had to record videos of us setting the trick and then put it online and zippy videos just wasn't cutting the mustard so oh, youtube wow. came out and everybody just switched over to that so my first 
videos on YouTube were all skateboard related. They're still up there, okay. but unlisted. Gotcha. But yeah, um, yeah. So that's YouTube. But th- there's more to it than that. It's like a big, deeper story that goes on. But I, yeah. I'm fairly, I'm still fairly confident that I have the oldest and very first airsoft video on YouTube. I saw it. I went. I yeah, scrolled yeah. down. Yeah, anyone that has a YouTube channel, I go down. I want to see when did they yeah. start. I want to see their first couple of videos. You know, they're interesting. So uh, I saw this one. It was filmed in like this square uh, <laughs> yeah, orientation. The DV camera that's like as big as a brick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, that's, that's was... the elite the site we used to run. So uh, yeah, yeah, okay. August two thousand six. God, that's crazy. Because yeah. uh, I think what's it called uh, Brain Exploder put a post up saying, "Is this the oldest airsoft video?" And it was like three months, like October two thousand six. And I'm like, "Ah, got your beat, dude." Oh shit! <laughs> that is so, so I, cool. I've, I've been trying to search to find an older airsoft video, but yeah, there's no way to if you search like old airsoft video, first airsoft video, it doesn't come yeah. up. It, you can't. If you filter it by date, it just shows you like the past six months. Yep. You can't get the oldest, oldest stuff, which is a I real wonder, shame. Because yeah. yeah, there's got to be a way to do. You ever see those websites that have like uh, some kind like of like time? Machine. Right, yeah. the Wayback Machine. Exactly. Yeah, there's got to be some way at, to um, do that. You can look at the Team Matrix old website on there. Yeah. Oh shit! Okay. Ma- Matrix. It was matrixairsoft.atem.com. You can oh, look God. in there. It is really embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> hey, we all have those, man. That's funny. Yeah, man. I'll find, I'll well, find I your picture from that Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. No it's, been, uh, and... it's been awesome, man. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely do it again. Um... Definitely, Jim. Yeah. Uh, we'll... After the show, we'll work out some dates or something uh, through DMs or whatever and uh, get you on our show. Maybe I'll get yeah. our co-hosts back in and I'll try and keep them reined in. Uh, less drunk. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, dude. Oh, so yeah. Good to sit down and actually like hear your story properly. Because I've, I've heard bits of it pieced together from like the yeah. several episodes I've listened to. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Hell yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Everybody listening, go check out his channel and his uh, his podcast, uh, Balls Deep, and uh, <laughs> and, the, uh, and the YouTube and the Instagram. I'll have all these links in the uh, in description too. So thanks, Cameron. Uh, thanks again. So I, what, I what I'm going to do after this, I'm going to go leave a review for your show on Apple. I was going to do it the other day because you can do it. Oh, yeah. Everybody listening, remember, you can leave a five-star review. You can just go down an Apple podcast, hit that five-star. You don't even yeah. have to leave a review. That's a rating. That helps. Exactly. So yeah, I was going to leave an actual review, but I thought I'm, I should wait. This was after we'd said, like, I'll jump on the show. Yeah, I'm like I should wait till after I've jumped on the show so I can leave a bit more of an in-depth review. So yeah. Oh yeah, there, you don't like, have to write yeah, one. Yeah, just just the stars or whatever. You know, it's uh, yeah. you well, you know how it is with trying to get you know the audio part that you know when you just do on those audio pla- you know podcast platforms. Uh, they're they're just there's only a handful of podcasts out there. So yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It's like everyone <laughs> has a podcast, so it's like fucking. Uh, you know, you got to get, uh, you know, some interaction. I mean, on it to- I mean, the airsoft market for podcasts is relatively yeah. small. There's a yeah, few out there that are really big, like Task Force Neptune's podcast, which has just come back and released a new episode the other day okay. after like a two year hiatus or something. Nice. Uh, Green Mountain Rangers is another really good podcast from GMR. Okay. Uh, the early ones are really good. Lots of after action reports from like massive, like Milson West games and stuff awesome. like that. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the later ones, as they go into like the COVID lockdown, I think they all go a little bit insane. Massive conspiracy theories about COVID and shit like that. And it kind of changes yeah. direction. But another serious airsoft podcast, which is now called All Seriousness Aside, because they've gone not just airsoft, it's like movie making, photography, all sorts of other stuff. Oh, shit. Really cool. Okay. Cool bunch of guys. Um, shit, what's the other one? It's another one that I listen to. But it's gone. Gone, dude. Look through my look through my uh, phone. Let's have a look. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, my are... phone's on one percent battery. How'd that happen? It's not look at you. It's all the messages. Look at you. It's all the uh, videos off uh, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I am. So many podcasts in here. Yeah. I, uh, one that's I, one that's not airsoft related, but you should definitely listen to Jocko podcast. So Jocko, Jocko, Jocko Willink. Oh, Jocko, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, follow dude. him. Yep, I listen to his. Yeah, dude, good show. Yeah, I do really, uh, really moving stuff in there. Yeah, Jocko, um, and then uh, oh, Jack Carr. I don't know if you ever uh, heard of him. He's um, he's a retired Navy SEAL. Uh, wrote some books. Uh, one of them they made a show out of called Terminal List. Dude, yeah, yeah, um, I watched that recently. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty good show. Uh, right. So he's got a podcast. It's really interesting. And I've had, I've followed some in the past that were, uh, you know, like about beer and alcohol and whiskey and yeah. all kind of shit like that. Yeah. I listen to all kind of stuff. I can't, look, I can't find the other podcast that I usually listen to. It must have, they must have got rid of it. There was a, there's been a couple that people have told me about while I've been talking to, you know, with them on here. And there was uh but it was like one of them was really hard to find. I think it was called uh, One Shot, One Kill or One – something like that. Uh, and then the other one was uh, Six if, if Millimeter through, something. If we go through the list on, that's on Apple Podcasts right now, yeah. Kicking Mustang Airsoft, yep. which he, he had a podcast for a little bit. Chairsoft Show, which is um, relatively local to me. It's a British show. Um, okay. Did I go on that? I didn't go on that. I went on um, Flopperator Podcast. Which was uh, I don't think that's even up on uh, podcasts anymore. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you could probably still find that somewhere. Novrich, everyone knows Novi Boy. Yeah. Got a high five from him in Germany. That was cool. Oh, nice. Um, Call your hits by Storm Riders. November Foxtrot. Airsoft Radio by Airsoft Nation. Airsoft Nation. That's the one I went on. I've been on that. Good show. Okay. Um, Airsoft Nation was a social media that he was trying to get off the ground. It's like an airsoft-based social media. Oh, okay. Airsoft Kings, that's a pretty good one. Um, it's been dead for a long time now, but there's some good content on there. Gorilla Airsoft Radio, I don't think I'll listen yep. to that one. Safe yeah. Zone, that's Giorago Airsoft. He's another British airsofter. Powerhouse, the show. Um, I think that might just be one that's got an episode about airsoft. Hmm. Airsoft Milsim Tactical. Femme Fatale, Spitfire Airsoft. Airsoft oh, shit, Medicine. I know she started one, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it's from years ago. I don't think she's updated it oh, in okay, okay. last episode, 2018. Gotcha. Nearly as bad, nearly as, bad as mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch further down that are mainly the Airsoft Report from Random Guy, Kev. There's this this one here with a weird T for the... I don't know who that is. I don't is. know what that um, is. Man, don't yeah. even click on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's quite a few as you get further down. Um, okay. Manada, Airsoft Dioro, it sounds like... Some 
Spanish-speaking ones. Mm. Gringa Airsoft, Airsoft Hit El Progra. This is definitely not English. Yeah. Gape, the Airsoft Reddit group. No, the Airsoft Reddit guy. Papo the Airsoft, The Newbie Journey by Chris Berry. I think he's a British Airsofter. Hmm. Uh, Pod No Airsoft by Darlin Silver. Definitely sounds Spanish. Tokyo Operators, War Dog, the podcast. Oh, the Airsoft podcast, at least the podcast podcast. This has turned <laughs> into um, just listing off every Airsoft podcast that exists. Airsoft Outcast, Airsoft Rants, the Airsoft Field Manual, Fabian Airsoft, Special Activities Group, Airsoft Podcast, original name there. Right. Midwest Podcast. Uh, what the Fudge. Um, I checked on that one. That's just a podcast that just has one episode of it, Airsoft, and I don't gotcha. listen to it. Um, there's T-Rex Talk by T-Rex Arms, but I can't promote those guys because he's a bit of a shit cunt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was on a, he was he was on a podcast with uh, Knobridge. T Rex. What the dude from T-Rex? Look, is T-Rex? Yeah. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll make sure not to listen to that one. <laughs> it's good, bro. No, I mean, I I appreciate uh, what he talks about, about using Airsoft as a training tool and all that yeah. sort of stuff, but I just can't get along with that guy's worldviews and the guy as a person uh, based on the... I'm, I'm not into cancel culture either, for the record, so I'm not yeah. saying don't listen to this guy. If you enjoy... Right, right. Or anybody listening enjoys his content get yeah. up to your nuts and that content's guts, but <laughs> the guy is just not for me. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know much about him to be honest. Yeah. I saw the uh, Novridge podcast with him. Uh, and then I see his, I follow his Instagram like a long time ago and I see that that's the extent of what I know. Like I yeah, don't, um, whatever he talked about on that podcast. And then uh, I'll see the, uh, you know, short shooting clips um, moving from cover to cover kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that, it, did a, it did a good video with that dude from Japan who uh, oh, came right. over to the US. I did see and that. I can't remember his name now. I follow I him on either. Instagram. Right. Yeah, that, that was really cool, showing the transition from airsoft yes. to real real firearms, which right. like, I've, I've kind of shown in videos as well, where I okay. went to Hungary to uh, fire, put a belt through a PKM in a tiny little range, which was oh, fucking nice. awesome. Yeah, dude, yeah. There's, a, there's a short on my channel where... Uh, I'm just squeeze the trigger on a PKM and don't let go until it stops. Yeah. Oh, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. We've, we've completely sidetracked here. We were supposed to be uh, doing the outro of the show, but <laughs> as I'm sure you can see, I That's how these go, man. Yeah, man. That's how it goes. Well, this is what happens when you have somebody like me that runs a podcast that doesn't know how to run a podcast. So, uh, you know, it's, it's the same, exactly the same with me. Like, because you, you, I'm doing it right now. You start stopping. But then you stop stopping because exactly. you started talking about something else. Oh, and then listen, before you know it, so five many... hours into it. Yeah, when I uh, when I go to post these, I'm always like, oh, I've done it again, okay? I said, hey, it was great meeting you. I'll, you know, what, where can people find you online? And then, then you know, when somebody's I'm, – I'm always thinking if somebody's watching or listening starts. to this, they see the – they they look at it like oh I want to see the next you know if it's going to go to the next one or whatever and I oh fifteen more minutes what you know like. <laughs> <laughs> no dude I, I did exactly the same thing um, it's horrible I had a podcast queued up after an episode of yours that always has a shit ton of adverts at the beginning of it and I always know, when I know it's coming on the thing I always just like wait for it to come up and then skip four times and then put it back yeah. in my pocket so I heard you saying right cool it's uh it's the end of the show and I sort of think I'm like all oh, right let's get 
22 minutes to put that back in there. So I'm that's what this is going to be like. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Is this guy doing this on purpose, like, just to trick us? What is he doing? So, I, yeah, it's it's whatever, how the conversation goes, and I'm not really good at uh, ending it, I guess. So, we're going to end it right now, okay? We're yeah, going to we be proper. Do, we're we going to be proper about this. Corridor Cruise podcast. The Corridor Digital guys, they've got a podcast called Corridor Cast. And the yeah. Corridor Croutons, who listen to that, are the Croutons. And anybody who listens to Corridor Crew knows what I'm talking about. But when they end the podcast, when one of the guys called Ren is on it, they end the podcast, they always sing a little song. Like they've got a, one of them's got a ukulele or a guitar or some shit. And it yeah. makes up a little song on the spot about the show. But you always go, we're in the podcast in one, two, three, four. And then just as it gets to the end of the countdown, Ren screams as loud as he can. But he always <laughs> cut it just as he goes, just as that screams about, I'm glad I didn't actually get to have to do the scream. Thing, I said I'm in my throat, but just as that screams about to start, the podcast goes dead silent. Oh, uh, how about this? Why don't well, you end the, this podcast by singing the phone number to IT Crowd, and we'll cut out. Okay, guys, if you want to, if if you've fallen down the stairs and you need an ambulance and you're in an emergency situation, don't forget nine 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 or nine one one doesn't work anymore. You've got to ring. Oh one one eight nine 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 eight eight one nine 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 one one nine seven two five three.